Is You'll there a, a little, debate in live no, versus what's posted? No, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, you see the, the little red live on this. So you know what that yeah. means? That means we are hey, live, Chris. Hey, what is up? up, everybody? What's going on? Listen, welcome to another Pendergast podcast. And what an honor it is to have my friend, which it's an honor to call him my friend, too, as well as Chris Gladden, pro tamper rider. What is going Glenn on? Dunn. We got sorry, Glandon. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I messed Man, you up. Man, my fifth grade teacher calling me Glad. What's Glad? What's Gladden at? Uh. <laughs> Chris Glandon. You're like, girl, get it right. Listen, There's I get a, the oh. same thing with, with Simcoe. Everybody <laughs> says my name absolutely bonkers, and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I just go with it. Let's, let's, yeah, funny. Good stuff, man. Good stuff, man. So, what's going on? Oh, dude. So, the the work life has been just scaling up big time man like everything with the business and the training and the just so many things happening so fast dude like i didn't expect it when i started this project two years ago when i was doing the motor trainer only like this wait where is that right here the motor trainer the simulator when i started doing that uh i had no idea it was going to evolve to what it's done and like now it's just man things are moving dude in like so many directions like as a new business owner i'm like how the fuck do i manage all that by myself right i'm the marketing guy the sales guy the coach the the freaking logistics guy the driver the freaking i do it all i'm like how in the world am i gonna pull all this off but you know what man the community bro like the motorcycle community has always been good to me since i moved to florida and it's still just reciprocating, man. Like you meet good people and you know how it is, it's community, right? It is. You know what I mean? It's a community thing and it doesn't matter if you're racing. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, riding on the street. It doesn't matter what it is, dude. Just everybody comes together and like, oh man, motorcycles is a thing. That's why I love it so much. You know? It is. <laughs> and, and it's the greatest thing on earth, right? Uh, nothing like uh two wheels it's nothing it gives you emotions you never felt before the freedom you don't never have unless you're straddled to the motorcycle no matter what size it is it don't matter it's that freedom you still get it right right whatever the size but yeah so listen chris dude how did you get into motorcycles to begin with let's, let's go from the very beginning oh god do you want to go back to the beginning yeah, uh, go back dude so i was that kid that um <laughs> just could not get my parents to look at two wheels right like there was no way my mom was going to get me and get a bike and i wanted to do it so bad it was the one thing i always wanted to do so i did bmx skateboarding roller, but everything else that could hurt me really bad i did and but when it came to a motor my mom was like no there's no way like just never gonna happen so the day i turned 18 um God, me was 19. I borrowed my friend's bike. And if Rob ever listens to this, he'll he'll be able to verify the story. So I traded him my car for his bike for a weekend, right? And there's a picture on my refrigerator. I wish I had it right now. I still have it posted up. And my mom took the picture. She's like, you're going to kill yourself. One of those kind of things. And I was like, don't say that. Yeah, two days later. Uh, yeah, dude. So unfortunate situation. Like, I got hit uh, a, a 48 by 96 sheet of plastic fell off of a truck and was like laying in the highway. And, um, it was the yellow polycarbonate, like quarter inch thick, like side plastic yeah. and an SUV hit it. And as soon as it hit it, it stood up in front of me 
And second day on a bike, I'm like, oh, uh, what do I do? 75 miles an hour. I'm like, uh, I froze. You know, I went into yeah. like deer and headlights. I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do. <sighs> Hit this thing. And dude, wearing a t-shirt, pants, tennis shoes, open fingertip, workout gloves. Like I got fucked up so bad. <laughs> I got screwed up so bad. So it was at that moment that I'm like, damn, okay, I got to respect this thing because it could kill me. I somehow survived, right, on I-45 in Houston. So that was like the start where I was like, got to respect these things. And fast forward, uh, you know, 20 years now, I guess, um, I just realized, like, as I got older and grew up, I'm like, man, people just don't really know the fundamentals of riding. And I had some really good friends that taught me like the ethics of like good riding um, styles and proper things to do on the street. And when you know, they both passed away. So Chris Kane was a huge influence on me. My buddy Teo was a huge influence on me and they both passed away. And so I took a five year hiatus. And when I came back, I'm like, I got to do something different. <clears throat> so I took the opportunity to start what I did and started getting trained right and pro writer popped up uh in my feed one day and was like hey you want to start a school i'm like yes i absolutely do and you know how it goes from there like facebook listens to your conversation it's like pay money and do this and whatever here we are you know That's so awesome. it really came from like the the motorcycle safety thing man like i almost killed myself being an idiot i lost a lot of friends that were great writers that made mistakes dude like made mistakes split second poor decision and you know car pulls out in front of them and they're doing what they're doing and good night lights out you know yeah. so it was like at that moment where i'm like damn dude like this happens to so many people and i watch videos where you can just watch somebody crash into someone and it's like dude that didn't need to happen right so i figured i may as well try and do something and uh all these opportunities just kind of presented themselves you know yeah, dude, that's dude, a great story, right? And listen, welcome co-host Eli in the house. What's going oh, on? Oh damn, look at that. Blocks no. in the house. What's up, brother? Get rid of me, Chris. You can't get rid of me. Oh god, <laughs> dude, you follow me everywhere, man. I know. It's I think it's the other way around. No, see, you you followed me to Florida and now you're following me on this freaking podcast. And you're a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you pay Chris for this? uh nothing man dude eli's awesome man he's he's uh listen i can't say good enough dude, things about eli and his dad um it's they're guys. proper guys man absolutely yeah so when i met eli i just popped up the id one day i was like hey you want to co-host with me some he's like yeah absolutely right so yeah that, that's basically how it started so he pops in and out and it's always an honor to have him on the show Chris, i cannot share your your feed bro i'm trying to share it out but it, it only lets me message it it won't let me share which one are, are you doing it from? Um, Your Chris Simcoe page. And I also tried pinning the gas podcast and it just lets me share it. Like message wise. Huh, That's a bummer. That is a bummer. Normally, normally I can share out your, your fees, but it won't let me do it on either page. I don't know what's up. Yeah, I don't either. Let me see. Old people in technology. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> it's not public. Wait, what? Go, Chris. What? Hold up. Yeah, it's public. It's Chris's fault. It's my Just fault. Just blame me, man. It's easier to... There's two Chris's. That's why I said it. It's all my fault, man. 
Hold up. There's people watching. There's 11 people watching it. What's up, everybody? I don't know who's on here. Can we see who's here? Nah, because ain't nobody com. <clears throat> haven't nobody commented yet. Well, then people um, need to comment and say hello. Rude. Say hello and say what's up so we can see what's going on. John Polarski, what's up? Uh, yeah, Facebook John. user. I got Facebook users. Blame Glandon. I don't know who you yeah, are. All right, that's hang on. Rude. <laughs> hang on. I, I'll tell you who they are here in a second. Yeah, y'all about to be called out. Talk shit. I can't see who you are, but wait. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know they was in for this, no, did they? Oh, you're going to get called out. That's it. So the, the first one, what's oh, up? Oh, that was CJ. Okay. Yep. I can see Miguel. Who it is. What CJ is up, Miguel? <laughs> yep. And then um Yomara. Listen, I'm I'm bad with names. So if I murder your name, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Dude, you're good. Dude, that's hilarious. But yeah, man. So listen, after that, so you, you decided to uh, get with Pro Rider Tampa, and it, everything just took off, right? And then so, Dude, so you know what it was, right? Like I, so I bought into the moto, the uh, motorcycle simulator, this moto trainer business right here, right? So I started doing that first, and uh, I found an opportunity to like just do body positioning classes, and so I started going to Moto America events, did Formula One, I started doing bike nights. And I just was getting a huge volume of people on this simulator. And I would tell people when they would get on it, I'm like, show me what you look like when you're doing 140 miles an hour going in a straight line. And they would get on the bike and I'm like, oh, that is not, that is not what you do, you know? And I'm like, and if that's what you think, oh my God, let me see what you do when you turn right. And it was at that moment, I'm like, oh my God. And this was like a, a, a repetition of so many people. Like I would go to a small bike night and get 15, 20 people on the machine. Moto America, dude, Moto America events for three days. It was hundreds of people oh, coming and getting on this machine. People that love to ride. And I would tell them the same thing. And I'm like, God damn, there's this, there's a metric that's starting to evolve here. And I'm like, man, there's just this basic missing piece of, rider fundamental right from the just the body positioning part and then it came to one night i was talking to my wife and you know how these freaking phones listen to everything you do i swear to god yeah. you know i was like i want to start a riding school and it was like the next day pro rider popped up and it was like hey you want to start a riding school here it is and i'm like uh <laughs> what so i called them and they didn't have anybody in tampa so i'm like all right i'm gonna call them and see what this is about and they were about the police level training, right? Doing the small yeah. uh, the parking the lot cones. drills, precision yeah. control, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, damn, I can't do that. That'd be sweet. So they sent me, uh, I, I decided I was going to do it, pull the trigger. And I went up to Washington and uh, the Northeast Motorcycle School, Eric, uh, oh my God, I'm going to get his name. I'm going to get his name right because this dude is a freaking machine. Um, Don't be like me because I murder everybody's name. I'm not going to murder it, dude, because I want to give him the right. I'm going to give him a proper shout out, and I can't find him now. Yeah, Wait. sorry. Uh, I'll just call you Jamar. Sorry, 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 Jamar. And Alex, <laughs> what's going on, Alex? He says he's watching from Sydney, Australia. Thank you so much, man. How is it down there? Oh, Australia. Dude, I want to go to Australia bad. I have, I have some mates that live out there. I would love to go. Have you ever been, Eli? <laughs> no. 
He said, no. He chuckles. like, hell no. What are you kidding me? That is awesome. And then, uh, so my buddy Dustin Cornier, man, what is going on? Everybody from Talking Motorbikes. Um, he says, dude, have you seen Green Pub at an arcade playing bike racing games? Okay, sorry. It's Kurt Erickson, right? Kurt Erickson. Wow. Kurt Erickson is the guy who coached me and trained me up. <laughs> Up, up in uh, Washington, Oregon. I don't know. I see it on the border. So it's one of those two, right? Um, with uh, North, North, uh, Northwest Motorcycle School, Kurt Erickson. Dude, that guy, I, I didn't know what I was in for when I went to go take this 40-hour police study. This is the same class that the police officers take, minus the self-defense gun shooting kind of shit. But the 40-hour course I took, dude, I have never done anything that hard in my entire life. Really? Like, it was absolutely insane. It was 40 hours, 10 hours a day, nonstop riding. Like, there was no, let's go sit in the classroom. It was, as soon as the class started, it was like, here's the bike, let's go. And I'm like, fuck. This was so hard, dude. Like, I sprained my ankle because the bike fell on me the first day on my ankle, almost broke it. So I'm, I'm riding with a sprained ankle. My clutch hand just was done. I was I was eating aspirin and icing myself up like you wouldn't believe just to make it through it. And then when the test comes, you've got like 325 cones. A small cone is a three-second penalty. A big cone is a five-second penalty. You put your foot down, it's like a seven or ten-second penalty. And if you drop your bike, you're DQ'd. Mm. So – you have to at least run to pass. It was like a um, three minutes and 45 seconds. You had to complete all 18 of these drills and you got 325 cones and that's the minimum 325, right? So as we trained and got good at all this stuff, now you put the pressure on of having to go through all of this stuff without screwing anything up, without knocking anything over, put it into perspective the average person, you knock five cones over, you fail. Right. So I practiced my ass off. I ended up running a, um, a 250, 255 or 250, something like that. So I did really good five seconds slower than the instructor level. Right. Which is good. I knocked two cones down also doing that process, but dude, it was the hardest thing I ever did. And so after I completed it, I had this brand new respect and, humbled experience like okay now i understand what it takes to ride like those police officers that you see doing those rodeos dude i could do that stuff now and i thought anybody oh yeah you've been riding forever you can figure that out no you can't it was insane right so i took that class passed it started the school and then this mini bike thing just fell into my lap all at the same time like right after i launched this program right and uh, my friend George Revis um, started coaching me on these mini bikes, prepping me for track dates uh, for Jennings. And he was like, just come and do a couple days, whatever. And I'm like, all right. I came out and I was in disbelief. I was like, what is a mini bike going to teach me? You know, what the fuck right. is a mini bike? I was right. like, yeah, mini bike ain't going to teach me a fucking thing. Like, You're like, what the hell is this? A Grom. I'm like, get, get out of here. And he, you know, he's an old school uh, racer too, right? Like he did Cup Series. He was a really fast guy 
And um, he's like, just come out and try it. So I went out and did it twice and he prepped me for a Jennings day. And then I followed that fundamental. And then I met Mark 10 there. And when I met Mark 10 at that event, he was talking like George. And I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. All these two guys are talking the same way. So I'm just going to do what they say. And I did it. And it was like over the course of a few hours, I just, all of a sudden things started clicking, things started making sense. And I'm like, damn, there's something, there's something here. Right. So that's where it kind of like turned into the police training that I wanted to do. And then this mini bike coaching thing. And as soon as I started going back to George, he was like, dude, you need to build this. You need to bake this into your school. He's like this, this is something nobody's doing. Mike Correa was doing the racing thing at the time, but he's like, nobody's doing street rider focused stuff, right? Like nobody in Florida does advanced. And I hate using that word. Nobody does rider development training outside of MSF. Right. So I was like, all right, let's incorporate these things and started figuring out, okay, if I do this and we start developing people, um, what are some pathways? Like if we get them off the street and they're like, well, this is cool. Where can I go? So South Florida main GP, was one direction that I had focused. And then as I started getting better and started taking more courses and classes and training with people, I'm like, damn, there's another opportunity here where uh, CJ that's commenting, talking trash right now with legacy track days, like that guy has a licensing school. He's AMA saying AMA chartered like me too. We have the two schools in Florida that have the AMA chartering, right? So we can sanction events. So he and I hit it off and I'm like, all right, so now we have this going on. So I got South Florida mini GP as a pathway for people that want to learn that direction. And then I've got the pathway to CJ for the bigger bike tracks for Jennings, Homestead, things surrounding us in Florida. I'm like, this could be a really cool thing. So it's just kind of like snowballed into this gateway. Right. And then as soon as I turned on my marketing, dude, it was like people were just hitting me up from all over Florida. Like, I can't find anybody that does what you do in Florida. I've called every MSF school. Nobody does advanced training. MSF will probably hate me for saying this out loud. But, dude, they don't do any advanced training classes unless they're full, you know? So it just it's kept snowballing and snowballing and snowballing. I got to the point where, like, I ran out of bikes. And then George was like, I got you we'll get some more here. And like, we just kept scaling it up and it turned into a thing where like every weekend I get busy with people wanting to book classes. And I'm like, all right, we have an opportunity here to turn this into a fun training experience, teaching people the fundamentals and showing street riders like that fucking 180 mile an hour bullshit on the street doesn't mean shit when you try to take a corner, you know? And it's just really turned into a really awesome experience. I've met so many cool people. Eli Block is one of them. You know, what the hell is that? What should I call you? I'm Block. Co host Block. No, you can call me Eli, I guess. (laughs) This is, I guess you can call me Eli. (laughs) Can I call you my first name? (laughs) Call me Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. But dude, that's awesome, Chris. Like, dude, what what a journey. It's it's we need more people like you out here doing what you're doing. Absolutely, right? Um it's huge. It, it's huge for everybody. It's very important for um it's hard to 
tell a uh, a street bike guy that thinks he knows everything that he don't absolutely don't even know how to ride properly, not even an ounce know how to ride properly, right? Um, <clears throat> but they don't realize how much they can benefit by taking a class that you offer to people. It's crazy. Like, even from my short experience being down there for a little bit, helping Chris, and some people show up there, and it's just – yeah, how much how much experience you got? Yeah, I got like six years on the street. And they go out there and it looks like they've just got on the bike for the first time in their life. And it's just it's crazy, you know. It's such yeah. a different aspect because obviously I started on the other side of the spectrum. I started on road racing. So, you know, I I keep forgetting sometimes it's like, you know, it's it's cool in the way that Chris does it, you know, it's it's a pretty it, it's a basic way to get to an advanced level quickly if that makes any sense it's uh, no, it does yeah it's it's really cool i like the way that we were doing it and um chris has a good format that we were following and it was nice to have uh we talked a lot about having two people down there so you can you know have one person yelling at them because i had my mini, i had a megaphone with me so i was yelling at people dude and, it was uh, so cool, <laughs> so cool. He's just like get your head up Oh, it was great, man. Dude, that's – so <clears throat> tell us the story on how you and Eli hooked up, Chris. Facebook, dude. Like, uh, I, I don't Facebook even – dating, and uh, um, Chris mashed with me. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it just went from there. Love it. It's good stuff, man. Good stuff. He wouldn't stuff. get out of my inbox. I think it was right? like, he wouldn't leave me alone. So I was like, all right, here's my phone number. Call me. And then we just had that uh, that real real good conversation, you know. And um, dude, good good co- that that's what kind of got into a good conversation is like knowing how to coach people is really important. There's a lot of people that say they know how to coach, and I'm not calling anyone out, right? But it's just yeah. people say they know how to coach people. And so when I started talking to Eli, I'm like, all right, we'll see if this guy knows what he's talking about. And we just aligned. You know, like there was just immediate alignment. I asked him a lot of questions like, what do you do when you do this? And he's probably like, where the fuck are you? You know, because he's at his level. And I'm like, when you look at the levels, I'm down yeah. here and he's up here. But but it doesn't matter. Right. It's it's the the way that you assess people and the way that you look at what people are doing and how do you handle situations. And so I just kind of like interviewed him and, dude, he like nailed everything for the first time that I've talked to somebody outside of the people that I know. And I'm like, damn, this fucking guy actually has it. But, you know, he's got uh, experience working with what? Penguin. Uh, you say I the coach, names because I don't want to butcher. I don't want to butcher. I coached with Penguin Road Racing School for the last six years. I've coached with Evolve GT for five years, four years now. And I've done like a whole, a few of the uh, New Jersey major P camps. Uh, I did a South Florida major P camp in 2020. So yeah, I've had like, coaching experience i do like solo coaching and i had like one i did one-on-one coaching with um one of the mini gp kids that lived down by me and over like two three years we got him from just starting our bike onto the mini cup and being able to compete at like a fairly high level and he was battling for podiums battling for top i mean he was almost about i think he almost battled for a win this year so i've had experience coaching all ranges from as at Penguin and Evolve, new riders to advanced riders to kids just starting off and getting them to a certain level. So, and obviously just me, like I, I started, I haven't been riding and racing for that long. I've only been racing for seven, 
seven years, six, six, seven years. I don't even remember anymore. But it's been seven it hasn't years. been that long where it's I still funny. remember the process getting through. Yeah. Dude, that's but, but not only that though, like I want to see the other thing too. Like he's going to school for learning how to coach people too, right? And yeah. the, the level of uh neurology that it takes to coach the people that he's going to school for is real important. Like as a coach, you have to know how to look at and talk to and assess and coaching, instructing, teaching. Those are all part of the whole process. It's not just like trying to teach somebody to go fast. It's not just like, Oh, twist the throttle and lean in, man. Come on. You're doing a great job. That's not what it is. You know, there's a, there's a psychology behind it. And there's so many people who learn so different and, do they have mental blocks? Do they get, do they, are they hard on themselves or are they fear ridden? Like you have to be able to know how to look at that stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and if you're going to really help somebody understand how to do things the right way, coaching is not one of those things where you can just say, Oh, I'm a fast guy. This is how you do it. Because not everybody's going to be receptive and responsive to the same exact terminology and the way they explain it. Cause there's, emotions dude like riding on a bike on a track the emotions come out that's why and you know eli and i talked about this too like the process to 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 testing somebody we don't have the time to go out on track and do a track walk and all this kind of stuff right and talk about all these different things so what i did was i'm like all right i don't have time i got four hours so what am i going to do i'm going to let you fail and i'm going to let you fail immediately so i'm like here's the bike here's the track here's what we're gonna do lead follow you ride this bike at your ability you do what you know we'll do two or three sessions and i just let them go out and i'm like i'm gonna follow you you're gonna follow me i'm gonna lead you around and then i'm gonna leave and then you figure this shit out go slow right and after that first session they're like Fuck, this is fucking what this is way harder than i thought it was gonna be right out of the gate so I don't even have to worry. I humble you down to, wow, this was way more difficult than I thought because it's not so easy to turn on a bike. And when you make the turns hard, like real quick and short, go to Jennings, you have a lot of time to take a corner. Here, it's a hairpin that's like, whoop, you know? So I let you fail quick. And once you fail, I think that's what Eli saw is like the, the failure rate is almost instant. They go out there and they're like immediately like, Oh God, I need to pay attention because I don't know what the hell I'm doing anymore. Right. And immediately it, there's no more of this ego, right? I don't have to fight the ego anymore. The ego gets killed immediately. And then it allows that humbled vulnerability to come out where it's like, okay, now we're going to start talking about some basic stuff and it might be the most ultimate basic thing, but let me see how you sit on the bike. And then it just gets built up over there, up, up from there. And then it's up to you to show me what you can do. And I'm going to eventually figure out where you are and build on you. There's no classroom. Uh, there's no, I go over theory based on what I see. Right. But the, the whole concept is, is you show me what you can do. Let's get you humbled down a little bit and then let's build you from that point. Right. And when Eli and I both did it, I mean, we had full classes for four weeks. Our last class was the greatest class. Dude, this is awesome. Oh, God, dude. All right, let's hear the story. Uh, Eli, go ahead. You tell us. So, 
first of all, I came into it the weekend with no sleep because I just drove back from the – well, actually, there's two weekends of that. But, um, <laughs> but um, let's, keep it, let's keep it G rated, okay? Yeah, no, the Tampa night was a different night. Um, I came back from the winter throwdown racing all weekend, and I drove straight back, and I got back at like 2 in the morning. Then I drove straight to Bushnell in the morning. And we get there, and we have a group of three like normal, and we talk to them. We're like, how much time experience do you guys have? Oh, you know, we, some girl, like there's two girls, one guy, it's, you know, they don't have, one guy had a good amount of experience. The other two didn't have much experience, but you know, they all started pretty much at the same level. And um, and then we had one guy that was his third day. Right? Yeah. He was there. He actually bought three days with Eli. Well, no, 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 that was a different time. Was it? Yeah. Cause he, he was the week before, I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but, he was, yeah, yeah. he was. But then I came in and I couldn't ride because I just broke my hand. Um, I just broke my hand at the winter throwdown. And I was like, ah, I, you know, there's a whole bunch of unloading. There's a whole bunch of stuff and I can't really do much. He's like, that's fine. Just go out there and watch. That was the worst day to go watch because that was the most running I've ever done. In my and then, then he says, do you want me to go ride? And I'm like, no, I don't want you to go ride with your broken hand. And I'm glad that I didn't because it was just crash, 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 crash. And listen. I'm not, I'm not talking trash about these people because they learned a lot, right? And I'll right. put it to you this way. The people that showed up were some of the most hardcore people I've ever met in my entire life because this was the day with the two girls, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Bro. the other guy, our one. So guy. it was two, two girls and one guy. And there was maybe 14 crashes between all, maybe more more right like it, it, was, it was probably more than that we were picking them up off the ground i got to the point where i was like eli where the fuck are you he's like dude i was over here and i was like i was over here i'm like where the fuck are you at this guy's over here crap we were both like just picking people up scraping them off the, the ground but see that's the thing you crash you don't really get hurt that bad you know you you fall down you pick up and i'm more i'm more i'm like oh you're fine i'm more concerned about the bike is it gonna last the rest of the day you know what i mean <laughs> How many clutch levers game. do I have? Jules is here. Oh, he had one God. person that crashed. Had, had to be seven. Had to be seven times. And you pick you pick them up and they're like, I'm good. I was like, great. I just ran all the way over here. Picked you up. They weren't even shaking up, dude. No. And they just they kept going out there and going up. faster. It was I won't like, I won't name them off, but the two girls blew my mind. Like uh crazy. Who who else was there with us? Uh, um, other oh Juju was there. Michael Korea yeah, and Juju and were there. Dude, Juju came up to me at the end of the night and was like, "Dude, what what the hell was that?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't, know, I don't know." He's like, "Dude, those are the craziest girls I've ever seen in my entire life." You know, this is coming oh, from a young kid. He's like, "I have never seen girls just fucking get back up." Like they were crashing everywhere. We had they one learned crash. a lot though. We had one crash and we didn't think she was gonna get up. Oh, dude, she hit so hard. I watched I watched the crash, and I was in disbelief on what I saw. And I walked over there, and I was like, are you okay? And she was just in, yep. I'm like, so are you sure you're okay? Because what I saw, well, I wouldn't be okay. I, you'd be carrying me out on a stretch right now. My bones would have been like, <laughs> but she bounced. You know, she was just like, bing, 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 tire wall, bike, handlebars, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, damn, all right. But but that's the, that's that's another good point, right? Is like doing these mini bikes, the risk of injury is so much lower, right? When you're going slow, 
right? The, the, the level that we're talking about right now is slow. So it, when you're going fast and you get to that advanced level, the risk goes up a lot higher for getting hurt. But the level that we're at right now with this fundamental coaching, you can pretty much bounce off of everything and, and the injury is very limited. The bike gets hurt more than you do, right? So like all of those crashes that he got to see with me, I'm like, this was insane. I'm like, you know what? It was a great close to the story for he and I because we are both just like, is happening right now it was insane but you know what these guys like that's the thing i learned a lot my whole entire time starting racing from crashing and a lot of people are afraid of crashing because the biggest thing like in the four classes that we did together the biggest fear of everyone was crashing i'm scared to crash i'm scared to grab i'm scared to crash these three did not give a flying <laughs> about crashing they wanted, they wanted to it seemed like i don't think they wanted to but it seemed like they did because they're like Every time they crash, they would pick it up and do it. They would go faster and then crash again. Yeah. Yeah. And they go. I had to tell Eli, I'm like, please take her and go and talk to her. And I'll, t- and I'll take these two out here. I'm like, go talk to her and make sure her head is okay. Cause he knew what I meant, right? Like you got to check to make sure that they're okay. Cause some people get shell shocked. You know, I had a crash uh, this weekend. Somebody hit one of my students and high sided him. And he went into shock. He wasn't hurt, but the crash was just so like insane for him that he was just like a ghost for for 10, 15 minutes and then came back. These girls, nope, didn't matter. The guy didn't matter. It's like I had to go and be like, hey, listen, uh, can we go and just like sit down and drink some water for a second before we send you back out and do your warm up lap again? Because that's what they wanted. They're like, ah, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> I just want to ride. So uh, it was so awesome, right? I mean, it really was. Okay. Because that's what this is about, right? Yeah. Like, the I tell everybody when they ask about this, you know, like what's what's this about? What's it, the, this is you being able to push your limitations and learn what the bike is going to tell you, and learning what the bike is telling you. If you don't listen to it. It, it, the front end will let go. The rear end will come around on you. If you can't stop target fixating, you're going to run off the track. Do you have a safe space to do this? And this is a great example, right? 14, 16, however many crashes, zero injury, guys. Zero injury. That's the point that I'm trying to make here is like you can push yourself on a mini bike in the beginning and learn and train and not walk away with injury. You just slip and you slide. It's like being on a slip and slide. You're wearing a full suit. You go down at 15, 20 miles an hour, or you run off the road and you hit the brakes and you get stuck in a tire wall, you know, and you're like, that sucked. You know what I mean? But that's that's what happens, right? There's not serious injury happening. It's when you get to the more advanced pace level where we're doing more advanced stuff. That's where I've had people, you know, hurting a finger or hurting an ankle. But it's not like when you go to Jennings with the same level experience, right? And you're doing hundred miles an hour and you run off the track and then you sell your bike and you do this chances of you getting injured and hurt and going away in an ambulance or a helicopter is much higher. Right. That's why I like to talk about this stuff with people. It's like, don't be afraid to crash on a mini bike. So, uh, South Florida mini GP is the same way. You know, the training there <clears throat> allows you to be in that race focused mentality and the risk is much lower on a practice day. Race day is totally different, right? Everybody's out for blood and they want to get that spot. 
not to say that you're going to get hurt, but the elevation of risk goes up because now everybody's in competition mode, you know, but that, that practice day, you know, I learned a lot by looking at that and looking at the, the training aspect, three day camps, man, I would tell anyone to take a software mini GP three day camp that's coming up soon. And I think the hair compound this year, isn't that where it's at? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Dude, anybody that wants to learn that 3D camp is top notch. You're going to learn more than you've ever learned in your life in that 3D camp. I did it last year at, at Anderson, right? But the thing is, is like it's a reduced risk training experience. Right. You know, and and learning to push yourself at a slow speed and losing the front or spinning the rear rounds. I mean, I did it today. I was pace, or actually, no, uh, yesterday. I was pacing a guy on a KO and we were turning 107, 108s and my rear tire on my TTR was just toast. And I went under the bridge and the rear end just came around. I went bowling with it. I was just like, bike came around, slammed into the tire wall and I slid into the grass and I turned around and thank God there was nobody behind me. And I got up, jumped on the bike and rode away. You know, that's awesome. That's the, that's the experience, right? Like push your limits, learn, learn your threshold and work with people that can help you push through those things. You know, that's, that's the goal. Right. And I think, uh, you know, Eli and I both had a really good experience with all those people that signed up and came to us because we had so many people doing that. Then they're getting back up. Okay. What I do wrong. All right. This is what you did wrong. And we go out and we fix it and that doesn't happen again, but then they hit another threshold. Oh, your body position sucked that time. You're not target fixating, but now your body position sucks. And you know what I mean? Like, it's a really cool way to teach people those limits where you can't do that on the street and you damn sure aren't going to do that easy on the big track. No, absolutely not. There's a lot more risk involved on a big track and street for sure, right? Yeah, and and then I'm I'm sure the approach to everybody's different, right? Because everybody learns in their own particular way. So you got to feel your way around, you know, well, this guy, you know, learns – better this way right um i'm sure everybody's definitely different uh it says we actually got a couple comments so david gonzalez what is going on he says everybody thinks they know david until they don't yeah i mean absolutely and then um track riding with rick rich sorry rich yep he says street guys need to get to the track to save their lives look at eli playing with his stuff look at him (laughs) Look at those sideways pictures. Give us some of that sideways action. Hold on, I got more. I know you got some sideways action in there. And then, and then, dude, he took uh, that. He took that four hundred sideways coming over the bridge at Bushnell. That's awesome. Just Eli's all the way down. I see the Super Motard guys doing that. I don't really see the dudes on four hundreds doing that. Eli had no problem making it look simple. Um, yeah, dude. He's, he's, <laughs> and, and then, listen, CJ. CJ says it's been a love affair ever since you you and him met. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, man. You know what? CJ and I. CJ's met awesome. Through, uh, so my friend Kyle Wood introduced me and CJ back when I was uh, doing the moto trainer thing, and you know I used to ride with Kyle Wood back in the day, and he's like, I got somebody that I want you to talk to, and he put us in a chat messenger and it was just like 
too hot for Facebook conversation. And I'm like, I like these people. These are my people. Like it was just all shit talking motorcycle crap, you know? And I was like, I like these people. And like, I've been progressing throughout all this time. And CJ has been just kind of watching. And like, as I developed my school, I started getting all these different things happening. Like, um, you know, getting the USMCA certification and then moving on to AMA, getting the AMA charter, like I can hold the sanctions. And he's he's the only other school I know of in Florida that can do that. So as soon as those things happened, like he reached out and was like, okay, so you're doing something right for AMA to be paying attention. You know, they don't just approve, you know, anybody to, to do stuff, right? But the the channel that I'm taking is a niche that nobody has really pursued you know uh, i'm focused on the street riders i don't care if you ride a harley i don't care if it's a street bike uh, i'm sorry a harley a sport bike it doesn't matter you know uh cj's focus has been race license rider development track focus right and he's done very well and been very successful there but nobody has spent the time trying to appeal to the street guys you know uh, Michael Correa has got the South Florida Mini GP going on, but that's a race inspired side. Nobody picked that niche for the street. So as soon as that happened, it just started opening up doors and CJ and I just have been sitting back talking about all this stuff for years now. Same with Mark 10. They both kind of been mentoring me through this on here's what we see, you know, and here's what you see on the street level. Like how do we connect these dots yeah. together? You know, and it's like now it's we're, we're connecting pathways like I'm a kind of a gateway of showing people like this is what we do. And here's the South Florida mini GP route. And here's the, the legacy track days route. You know, hopefully people can move their way up to chasing Eli one day. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and right, dude, you, you're 100%, CJ, you will learn more in one day at the track than a year on the street. It, it, it is. You know, we've all been there. I've been there, you know, on the street. Hey, I'm going to go out here and drag my knees 150 miles an hour. It's fun. I ain't going to lie, right? In the moment, it is. But there's so much risk involved. Like, I'm glad I'm here today for some of the dumb shit I used to do on the street. You know? We're all lucky. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's absolutely lucky. amazing, right? Well, once I found the track, yeah, I rode less on the street, but also when I did ride on the street, it made me so much more aware, right? It it, it really did, and it really helped me out. Uh, it made me feel more safe, um, if that makes sense, right? More in control of my machine and I actually knew what I was doing instead of just think I knew what I'm doing, you know, with my new leather suit on. Oh, dude, I just drug my knee. Check it out. You know, all that squid games, you know, we used yeah. to play back in the day, right? Uh, uh, it's a false sense of security, right? It, it's a very false, dude, because, listen, you know? dude, if you never put a full leather suit on, when you do put it on, you feel like Superman like or yeah. Batman. It's no bullshit. You're like, yeah. I can do anything. You know, yeah. uh, and then you see a guy on the street wearing a full suit with no mark on it, and it's like, man, you suck. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> here, here comes Eli out the woods with you a little hook. You, you suck. Honest. Yeah. Be honest. suck. <laughs> you suck. You have dude. a mark on it. You suck. But you oh, know, that's, that's kind of what it is. That it's that false sense of security, man. It is. I got to meet Mark Ten this past weekend. 
Dude, I've been trying. I've been trying to talk with Mark, man. I would love to have a chat with him. I was really hoping that we could have brought him on for for one of these. We're gonna get him. Yeah, we'll get him for sure. We're gonna have to massage him. Yes. Mark ten. Mark ten is gonna need some massaging. Even though he can talk, dude, he is. He's one of those guys where, dude, he's a a a great talker. You know, I wish that we could do it in a forum. Maybe what we should do is maybe we can get him on a recorded. That's what I was gonna say. We won't go live with him. We'll just do it. It'll just be us talking. Not and I'll record it, and it won't be live. That dude will blow your mind. And then I can put it out. If you got CJ and Mark ten on a call and and talking. Dude, you you need a you need four hours to talk that's to both fine. of those that's guys fine. at the well, same time. We we can definitely do part two, three, and four for sure, one hundred ten percent. And you know, I've already talked to CJ, man. He told me I already invited him on. He said he'll come on. He's just super busy right now, and I just told him just He's to let me know when he has man. some time, and we'll we'll sort it out, and uh, we will because I'm definitely looking forward to talking to him and Mark. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and there's several times where me, you, and Mark were supposed to sit down and chat. But yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. David Gonzalez. So he says, "What's going on, Chris? What's up, David? Dude, he's been supporting me quite a bit too, man. I, I like the the people that are watching have been fully in support of what I'm doing. Um, you know, I had some good comments before this even started. Like people were like, "Hey, we're gonna watch and listen and." tune in all this kind of stuff it's been really cool man i like i like the the growth of everything that's going on you know yeah man absolutely. the support bro i could not do this without all of the people that are are standing behind me dude like i've got uh blake o'burney i think is how you say his last name with ducati tampa bay like those guys have been in full support they've helped allowed me to host my body positioning classes with the motorcycle simulator there um they they funnel a ton of business from Ducati over to the training program. Um, the guys at uh, Dre, uh, Andre, Crest, and uh, Mike over at Corsa Motorworks in Clearwater. Those guys, you know, I've known them for God, 12, 15 something odd years now. Like we've all known each other since the early days of riding at the street. And, you know, those guys too, like they invited me out to one of their uh training days at jennings and i brought the simulator out and we did some novice training on it like it's just really cool to get involved in all these little niches and all these people supporting these new ways of training like there's so many old school ways of doing stuff and like there's so much new things happening and so many new organizations offering programs you know yamaha champ school is one but we've got the motorcycle academy project i trained with those guys they're in europe you know they're uh MotoGP electronics and mechanical engineers that put together a program called MAP. It's a motorcycle academy project. It's their class. You want to get your mind blown? Go take a class with those guys. It's, it takes a little bit and it's a bunch of crazy high level stuff, but you're going to learn so much from those guys. You know, um, Camino coaching for the mindset side. Like these are all the people that I worked with and I've taken their classes and studied with them and like learned from these guys, which helps me coach my students, right? Like I've invested a lot of money and time in learning all these concepts and this, whether it's application mindset, you name it, half that shit they talk about. I can't do Eli can probably do like this much of it, but, uh, 
<laughs> there it is. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean it's it's the moto trainer, man. That's something I always wanted to try. I seen one in Jersey, man, and I forget what the guy charged. I want to say it was like twenty dollars. Oh, for... he did have one there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the guy had one over there on the far corner. Um, I forget. I want to say it was like twenty five bucks for a couple minutes, ten minutes, maybe. If that sounds right, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but I always was interested you in usually in, you do it by those. lap. Okay, well, lap. Like, there you go. Usually yeah, do it yeah. by lap. It's like they'll charge. Like Maybe it was, yeah, for, for three laps three, or whatever. Five yeah, laps, yeah, and we'll do yeah. like a quick body positioning coaching kind of thing. <clears throat> but um, yeah. I finally got to, when I met Mark Ten. That was when his was name is Kevin, time. by the way. Um, I wish I, Apex Apex Racing. Yeah, Apex Racing. I'm trying to give him a shout out because. He's actually a really good dude, and I helped—I actually helped him get started with his old project. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Go ahead, Eli. What, what oh, was you just saying? Yeah, I was saying when I met Mark Ten, that was also my first weekend at Jennings as well. I was trying to tell Chris that, but he's too busy looking at porn on his phone. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> midget or BBW? Um, midget, definitely, definitely gay midget. Midget, I oh, love it, dude. This is good stuff. And, and dude, CJ, you're right. He says, uh, he says every motorcycle coach should get U.S. Motor motorcycle coaching association certified. USMCA. USMCA. Dude, if yep. if if you are a coach or an instructor, okay, and I'm gonna touch on this because it's super important, man. Like, if you're gonna coach. And you want to learn how to do the basics, USMCA will not only walk you through all of that because you have to take some tests. You do have to have some coaching experience. You do have to pass a background check. You have to take uh, the concussion class, the um, uh, heat wave class, so you can tell if somebody's fucking, you know, in Florida, especially like the, the heat wave class, which teaches you how to look for issues and teach people hydrate and all these different things you have to go through all these certifications and learn how to ask certain questions test your writers figure out their knowledge but also they teach you some basics on how to set up a, a training day you know and if you want to learn how to do that usmca is great for that and once you get the certification and you are actually working as a coach they offer the insurance to back you you know so you can get that certification and hold insurance to protect yourself if something goes on right yeah. so usmca is a great organization to work with and they have an awesome program if you want to get into it just at the at the entry level that's a great place to start because just like Yamaha Champ School, right? They have the theory and all the terminology and the know-how for that side of it, of teaching riders all of the information. USMCA is a great place to go to learn how to instruct and coach and teach at the, in the basic level. They teach you the fundamentals. And once you get it and you're going to actually actively coach, they offer insurance. So anybody that hears that, man, USMCA is a great place to go. You know, and then the next level is, you know, the AMA side of things, which, you know, CJ and I both have too. Yeah, dude. So my man, Cody Cochran, Cody, the world conqueror, 
Uh, we had him on, dude. I'm looking forward to having him on again. He says, Chris is a stud. I'm at work, so I can't hear, but I want to say Cody. Thanks, Cody. Thanks, Cody's bro. awesome, man. Yeah, dude. Co Cody's awesome. Thanks, buddy. And then CJ, CJ, uh, man, I should just send CJ the link and just have him jump in here with us. Dude, tell him to jump in if you want to. CJ, you bring him in. Wanna, yeah, CJ. Bring CJ want, in. Listen, if CJ wants to join, I can send him the link. All he's got to oh, do is say yes. What I was saying was, yeah, no, when I met Mark 10, that was my first time actually going to Jennings. So I finally went. Can you say, can you repeat that? I'm just going to jump off a bridge at this point. All right. Can that was such a me? short, that was such a short. Can you hear me? I <laughs> love it. Yes. Okay. So when I met Mark 10, that was also my first time I finally went to Jennings. Oh, now I understand what you're saying. Sorry, I'm slightly slow today. My bad. Uh, sorry, you're not fuzzy right now. What? <laughs> I understand what you're saying, though. Okay, yeah. so first time at Jennings, first time you met Mark 10. Yeah, I was telling yeah. you because I know we were talking about you telling me I should meet him. Yeah. What did you think about Mark 10? He's a cool guy. Yeah? Definitely, definitely helped when I gave him a rim that... I would need and no, no, no I, I gave him my rim, and you know, I just want to get double checked. What? Hi, yes, I will. Can you close up, please? Okay. Thanks, buddy. What? Close the door. CJ, I, I sent you the link. All you got to do is click on the link in Facebook Messenger, and it'll bring you right in the studio. Damn. <laughs> Boy, my son is like, pay attention to me. Slam. Dude, listen, that's my, my son's 11, bro, and it's the same way. It's always he's got to have 110 percent of my. Um, he just got out of the shower and he came in with his hair like this. He's like, Daddy, do you want the door closed? Yes. And then he wants to keep talking. I'm like, close the door. But yeah. um, no, we had a problem where my first session, our room was cracked. Like, more oh, man, completely cracked in half. Oh, no. How did you do that? I don't know. It was just like that when I started riding. I didn't know that until I came off track. So who are you riding with? Um, like that, well, that it, was the, it was the Mike Jones uh, race, and we were testing the Triumph for Daytona. Oh, oh, okay. And, and look at this. What is up, CJ? What's up, CJ? I don't know whether to turn my light on or not. Turn your light on so we can stay see the dark. your beautiful face. He says stay no, in the dark. I'm, I'm Oh, I'm in the darkness. It's like Metallica. It you is. have like a shadow. Like you're a half a ninja right now. Like you are a half a ninja. You're a half ninja. There you go. There he is. Yeah. Want to see that pretty face? Uh, you know you love it. We I do. do. All us, all us, all us, all us gray bearded ones, and then Eli with his pretty little brown facial hair. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I think he's red. I think he's a red. Don't be call me a ginger. Red. He's a ginger. Don't be calling me a ginger. That's awesome. I didn't I call you a ginger. I said brown. Well, at least CJ has respect. Call well, in my name. picture, it looks brown. So you're just going to have to deal with brown. <laughs> I'm good with brown. I'm good with brown. Well, when the, sun, when the sun hits it, it just... It gleams red. Oh, yeah. I'll do this. I'll do this. It beams, oh, it, it beams out in your face. See? Just oh, like yeah. Look yeah, at that. Wow. Look at that. Wow. Ouch! Like wait till the sun hits it, you're like, damn it! Ugh. Carrot face. 
That's so that bridge idea sounds pretty good right now. So, 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 like I'm sitting here watching this whole thing, and it's you know good times. I need, but, I need yeah, ten dude. seconds. I'll be right back. No, go I'll ahead, go CJ, ahead. Right yeah, CJ, dude. Yeah, right. listen. We need to uh, uh, schedule you for a podcast too here soon. I'm, I'm down. I just, you know, we got to find a time that works because I, yeah, I work. Yeah. I'm like the, I'm like the, the, the Trinidad guys from In Living Color, where like I'm delivering pizzas while driving a limo and running a body to the morgue at the same time, you know? Yeah, I get it, man. I, I get it. My schedule stays pretty freaking stacked too, man. Yeah, because I'm... Well, I, do you do track days? Well, what sucks is... Do what? Do you do track days for small or big bikes? Uh, well, I mean, your version of small and my version of small might be different. Minis? Minis? Uh, <laughs> minis or... <laughs> uh, pretty much 250 and up. Okay. So you do 250 and up, days? 12 years old and up. Um, we're one of the only track days. There's a few, but one of the only ones, uh, this side of the country, uh, that will actually let, uh, a 12 year old on track, uh, as long as they have prior experience. So like if Michael, uh, Korea from SFL sends me, you know, somebody that wants to do on track training for the big track. Um, cause I've been, I've been tight with Michael since he started SFL, um, many years, well, many years ago, almost 10 years ago now. Um, I've, I've, you know, put Julian through our program, our, our race school. Um, there's, you know, Belladonna, Brittany, she's been through my race school and about 348 other people. Um, I think honestly, since I started my race school, um, which I initially started while I was still connected to another organization, but it was still legacy track days. Mm. Um, but it was, it was another organization's school, but I was running it. And then I finally decided that I wasn't going to do that anymore. Um, so I, I switched gears. I redid the curriculum, uh, cleared everything with Weira and with CCS Azra, uh, when Kevin was still with us and, uh, you know, 300 and 350 total graduates, uh, from 2015 to now, uh, and all over the East coast, uh, from Florida, all the way up to New York safety track, uh, in Oneonta, New York. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been a journey. I've, I've been on, I've been on motorcycles and four wheelers and, and whatnot since I was seven years old. Um, I got my first street bike when it was in like 1992 or 93. I had no license. I had no experience. I jumped on a street bike, drove around what used to be a company called Heckinger's, uh, that is pretty much bought out by Home Depot. But in the mid Atlantic area, uh, my buddy worked for the bike shop. Uh, the girl I was dating at the time wanted me to have a motorcycle. And obviously I wanted me to have a motorcycle. So she bought it. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, wait, wait, we, went, we went into the parking lot and I think I drove around the parking lot for like 15 minutes and it was like, all right, I'm good. I'm out. Um, and what's funny is, um, so I never took uh, a motorcycle road course. Um, I, my license, my driving license for my car, because uh, I was always a hot rod kid, it got suspended. And I went and I drove, I drove for like three or four years with a suspended, uh, on a motorcycle, but with, without a motorcycle license, um, everything was insured. I just didn't have a license. Um, and then I went 
after my driver's license got suspended, I went and I applied to get my license reinstated. I did all the work. I, you know, did the safety classes, whatever for my car, blah, 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 all that BS. And I put on there that I wanted to add the motorcycle endorsement because I wanted to get, you know, the learners and go through the process. And they screwed up and put the motorcycle endorsement on my license without me ever going through the school and no one vetted it. So I never had to take a road course, but I rode on the street for 17 years. Um, and I did so much dirty squid stuff. Uh, and it was crazy. And then a buddy of mine was like, Hey, come do this track day with me. And, you know, I was one of the better riders of our street friends. I mean, we had 20 or 30 guys that we rode with every week. And me and my buddy who was already racing and doing track days dragged me to this track day. And I'm thinking I'm going to go out there and I'm going to just slay it. And dude, I watched. Uh, so all day long, I'm doing this track day. And the last session of the day that I rode, my buddy followed me around on his race bike. And I was on uh, uh, just a bone stock streets, GSXR 600 taped up and all that nonsense. And he followed me around and I watched that video. Now it's on my YouTube page. I watched that video now. And there's so many cringe moments where I'm, I'm confident I was going to die. Um, and that was after a whole day. Like I was like, dude, I was so bad that I use that as a reference point video. When I'm teaching people, I'm going, okay, watch this. All right. This is when I thought I was good. And then I show them my coaching video where I go, okay, now watch this video. This video was three years later and I was training to be a racer. And I'm like, watch the differences on the same track. And I watch the students that are watching this video and they're just like, and I'm cringing while I'm watching it. So, you know, like I coached for a track day organization in the mid Atlantic um, that had been around forever, uh, Roger Lyle Motorcycle Excitement. Um, I coached for him uh, after doing track days for a couple of years with him. And I became a coach. And then I got my, you know, license or I got my certificate through them. Um, and then I moved to Florida and I was trying to work something out with him to open up a branch of motorcycle excitement in Florida. But his wife got sick and things were just not, you know, financially it was a bad idea for him. So I, I came down and I was watching another track day organization, which I won't name. Uh, and it was a total shit show from the minute I got there to the minute I left. And I looked at my wife and I said, honey, um, we could do this. Um, with all my coaching background and already being a racer and having a lot of experience, I was like, we can do this. And, and it took me a little while. Uh, I want to say it was a little less than a year before I started legacy. I started legacy in June of 2014. Um, and in 2015, um, my program got recognized by the AMA and we had to sit down with the AMA and I wrote up basically um, a structure that no one had ever come to the AMA to try and sanction a track day before. And they were like, I don't know why no one's ever done this. I said, I don't know why either, but I'm glad to be the first. And I am still now the first and fully sanctioned track day organization by the AMA. Um, I'm, I'm a full charter. Uh, I've been working with them since 2015. Ken Salant, who's not only the head of race direction for AMA, but is also the head of licensing and all that stuff for Moto America. Um, he and I talk regularly. 
Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very dialed into the, the vaccine of the racing community. Um, I'm, I'm a CCS, well, not CCS anymore, an ASRA, and we're a school, and I've been, you know, I've had schools that have been accepted, you know, my certificate across the country. I think there's like five different race organizations that are club level in the country. And I've also got a couple of guys that graduated straight out of my school into Moto America. And I'll use one perfect example, uh, Cole King, who's a, a, a super hooligan and a, a bagger racer had no asphalt experience at all. When he came to me, uh, I worked out a deal. He wanted to go to Moto America and do super hooligans, uh, Phil Saberna from CCS Azra contacted me, uh, put me and Cole together, and he went through my school, did a weekend of racing with CCS and Azra, and then immediately went to Moto America. And I had people in my ear going, oh, this is a bad idea. I'm like, listen, this guy's an X Games finalist. This guy's a flat track champion. This guy's a motocross champion. He has the knowledge to ride. All he needed was somebody to show him how to get around a racetrack and figure out how to get line, you know, figure out the lines and the body position and the, the, the fundamentals of riding on a racetrack. So after spending a weekend with me, he goes out and I think his first season, which was two or three years ago at this point, um, was like top nine out of 26 bikes in his first season. I, I call that a win, you yeah, know, like to, to, to have no asphalt experience and go straight into pro and then place inside the top 10 in your first season. I, he did well and on an underpowered bike too. He was on a KTM 790 Duke. Uh, there were guys out there with the big 890 and, and, and bigger bikes that were just way more powerful than his. And he still went out there and placed in the top nine. So, I mean, he's just an example, but I mean, I've worked with riders and racers from across the board. I've been in the paddock with Jordan Motorsports. Um, I, I've, I've worked for several other uh, teams. I've, I've worked with several other teams. I've worked with several other riders. And it's just, you know. Oh, who got uh, Mark Tim to join? Who said that? Who, yeah, who said that? Because it wasn't Who me. said that? Who got Hang Mark Tim to join? Hang on. I, let me, dude, I, I murdered the name <laughs> earlier. Yamari. I think it's Yamari. Oh, Yamari? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pronounced Jamari. Jamari. It's, it's pronounced, yeah, it's Jamari. Yeah. Come on now. Pay attention to your feed, Chris. Hey, it says it says it doesn't give me a name. It just it says doesn't. Facebook user. Not so. you, Chris. The other Chris. Hey, oh, stop me, yelling yeah. at me, CJ. Yeah, CJ, stop yelling at me. Yeah, stop yelling, man. Stop yelling at the Chris's. Hey, Rude. hey, don't make me, don't make me Rick all this. You're gonna get two problems when you start yelling at the Chris's. <laughs> hey, both y'all, don't, shut don't. up. I need a question. <laughs> Shut up, Don't doctor. make me cap locks everything and start doing a Rick Hens on you. <laughs> oh, sorry, not that big. Dude, I, he, CJ gets all angry and he starts like texting on the internet, one finger typing in caps lock, and I'm like, I message him like, why are you so mad? Like, why are you so it's, mad? Everything is all freaking. I gotta put the right emphasis on the right syllable. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. So I gotta CJ, put the right emphasis. Next track day. All right. So right now, um, basically what happened was, uh, so last year, we'll fast forward to all the nonsense. Last year, uh, I was supposed to race Moto America, and I was going to do a handful of events. Um, and I got rear-ended in a car accident by some chick who was talking on her cell phone. Um, and uh, it, it screwed my whole season. I could barely even sit on a bike. So nine months of 
physical therapy and, and law courts and doctors and all this. So I didn't do anything really other than like, um, you know, some little like person to person coaching, nothing on the bike, just talking to people and trying to help them get along and get past their demons on the bike. Um, and that's when Chris and I really got serious and Mark and I got serious and we all really started sharing information, uh, like hardcore, uh, to try and improve what was going on to, to bolster Chris's organization, uh, and to, to try and grow that, that pathway. So what we've been talking about, and I've also been talking with the USMCA, uh, and actually it's funny. I talked to Dave Schwartz today about, uh, putting stuff in the track day directory, um, is we're trying to get some confirmation on some weekdays uh, to do one day rider development days. I don't have anything concrete yet, but it is coming. Um, and we're basically going to use our collective uh, uh, pathway of, of contacts to, to try and build it up. It, it's probably not going to be big, but uh, or at least not right away, but we're going to keep it small. So that way we can manage the groups properly and keep the safety level at maximum. And that way, riders get the most education and safety while getting the most track time. Because the one thing that AMA uh, does love about my organization, and I get told that regularly, and Chris, you even commented when I got my safety and service awards from the AMA um, yeah. for 2023, was that my level of red flags in my organization is so low. There are organizations that have as many in a day that I have in a season. Um, and that's, you know, scary to think about. Um, but the reality is we want to make sure that it's the safest situation possible for these riders. Um, I'm also in talks with precision track days, uh, because both, uh, both of the guys that did, uh, do that, um, at least one of the guys, I think both of them took my school, um, before they started their organization. So it's kind of, you know, funny to think about, uh, the, 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 how close this community is and, and how many people I've actually been able to reach out and, and communicate with and been somehow a part of so many people's journeys. I mean, all the way up to SDK, you know, I sponsored SDK from the time he was 12 to the time he went to, uh, uh, GP or Moto2 anyway. Um, and you know, at that point I didn't have the, uh, the budget to, to sponsor him anymore. Uh, you know, once he got into that big boy paddock, there was not a whole lot my pocket could do, but you know, Sean, Sean's come out and coached Sean's worked with my school and, you know, I mean, but it's, it's that level. Um, so the goal, hopefully, I think it'll probably start off, uh, as like a once every other month thing, unless the, you know, the first month or two look really good. Um, the goal is to do a single day rider development and road racing school day at least one month, once a month, every month for the entire year. Um, that's the goal. Uh, whether that's going to happen this year or next year, I don't know. Uh, so again, CJ, just, just give, give people a little bit more of an in-depth understanding of what rider development means to you, right? Because like, I've had this conversation with a lot of people. I've had this conversation with Mr. Block, the doctor over here too. Like when we talk about rider development, what <clears throat> give your perspective on what that actually is. So like the people listening and the people that watch this later on understand what that actually means. Right. So, 
So the way the rider development program is going to work, and obviously it's something new for us, but it's not. We've kind of been doing it all along with our novice group because I've been running four groups since the day I opened the door. Um, we've, we've adjusted the structure a little bit. It used to be group four was racers only. Uh, now group four is expert racers and pro level only. And then group three is our advanced track day rider and amateur racer. And then we do an intermediate coached and a novice coached. Um, but what, what rider development means to me is first evaluating where every rider that signs up for the course is from the start. So kind of like Chris's ideology of let them fail right away. Uh, you're going to, you're going to start off sitting in a classroom. You're going to start off talking about what you know and the generic fundamentals, because obviously you don't want to hand a new or novice rider a ton of higher level information too soon because then they wind up trying to apply something that they just don't simply don't have the knowledge or the coaching to do it at the, at the beginning stages. So like, uh, there's one of the things I had, I had had a conversation with Cody about was I'm not going to send a novice rider out and tell him, Hey, go trail break in this corner. Like that's, that's not something I'm going to do right off the gate. First, I want you to learn how to get around the track. You know, first I want you to learn, what, what reference points are and what, you know, uh, uh, knowing how to identify entry apex and exit based on the speed you're going, because obviously depending on the speed you're going is going to adjust where your, where your exit is. Entry is almost always the same, not a hundred percent of the time, but it's almost always the same. And apex is always the same, but you can teach people how to lay apex you can teach people, you know, late breaking. You can teach people different exit points because obviously the faster you're going, your exit points are going to change. So when you're teaching the fundamentals of track riding, you want to do it in baby steps. You want to do it in, okay, pick a quadrant, you know, break the track up into four different sections. Now I want you to work on just these sections. Um, and also the other thing is, is uh, uh, fixed gear training where you're teaching somebody how to go around the track in a singular gear. So that way they don't have to think about, okay, when do I shift or, or, okay, do I pull my clutch in here or no, just put it in, you know, put it in first, go out. By the time you get through X, Y, or Z turn, I want you in third or fourth gear and you're going to stay there. And then you're going to lead me out. You're going to show me where you go. And then I'm going to pass you and I'm going to show you where I go and you're going to follow me. And we're going to do that on and off throughout the day. And we're going to add little hiccups and add little challenges and add things to the equation that are going to help your racer and rider knowledge expand. Because most people that come through the doors as a new track rider come through the doors with this mindset that you can't teach them anything and there's nothing they don't already know. And it's the Dude, conversation. It's, that you guys have. it's that, it's that, uh, Caesar, let me interject. It's that, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. the, I'm the fastest guy in my group. I've been riding for 15 years, you know, like I just got it down <clears throat> and they have this, this ego, right? Yeah. 100%. You're not going to teach them anything. And like, you know, that's why I talk about the, the way that I let people fail. But as soon as I let them fail, that's when those fundamentals start. And like what CJ just said, like I 
I work through the ultra basic body positioning to make sure you're holding onto the bike, your feet are on the bike, your knees are holding onto the bike, right? Like how do you do the upper body stuff? So many people don't understand all that, you know? And then those, those fundamental processes, they lead into, okay, now we're going to do, once you get the basics, now we're going to do throttle drills. Now we're going to stick to one gear. And those exact things that he's talking about, you know, I learned that early on with, with uh, George Rivas and Mark 10 when I did events with these guys. They're like, here's what I want you to do. And I'm like, okay, I heard that before. I did the same thing. So I give people the same exact fundamental concepts that we do on the mini bike. They can take that shit to any track they go to, any, whether it's Jennings, whether it's Homestead, whether it's Coda. Stick to one gear, learn that throttle control, get yourself figured out, and then we'll expand and build on it. And if you can't, if you can't figure it out in one gear, right, you have no business touching the brakes. You have no business doing any of this, any of these other things, because I call it corner management, right? And under corner well, management, corner I'm management, sorry, is all these different things. All right, Eli, appreciate it, buddy. Peace, guys. Later, Eli. Later, hey, bro. Um, but you know, I call that the, the corner management, right? So under that is corner speed, it's, it's corner confidence, it's spatial awareness. It's all these different things. Um, you know, depth perception, all these different concepts kind of follow suit to it, but the self, the easiest way to talk about those things is doing a, a third gear drill and just doing throttle control and learning how to manage your corner speed, because until you learn how to manage your corner speed and in some of these corners, it doesn't matter how fast you come up to a corner. If you can't manage it, it doesn't matter anymore. And CJ is talking about the same kind of things too, with, with the, you know, the, the, the things that he does with his organization, it's all fundamental concepts. <clears throat> how do you teach people those basics that translate over? You know what I mean? Those are the yeah. things that people don't truly understand. And that's what we're trying to get people to understand. Sorry, yeah. CJ, we lost you there for a minute. <laughs> that was my fault. I was fucking around with my phone, and I I accidentally kicked myself off the chat. No, you're good. You're good. But yeah, listen, you guys, th th there's a lot. So, CJ, how can people find you and sign up for your school? So, right now, the easiest thing is I got to update my website. I have a website. It's it's legacytrackdays.com, and it's D-A-Y-Z. Um but right now, the, the, I, I, I do all the managing of everything. And so, like, it's so much easier to manage all my socials than it is to manage the website and my socials and, and my day job and my night job and prepping for Moto America and doing all the things that I'm doing. Because I told you, I'm, I've like, got so much crap going on. It's super hard to stay focused sometimes. So I always forget to update the website. And I get people, like, signing up for an event that was, like, four years ago. And uh, it's still on the page. And I'm, I send them emails. I'm like, hey, just so you know, that, that was an old event. Uh, we're not doing that. Um, thank God they're not sending me money in the process as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I try and, you know, contact everybody. Um, but you can uh, Google search Legacy Track Days. Uh, there's a Facebook group 
called Legacy Track Days Forum. And then there's a Facebook business page, which is just Legacy Track Days. And then uh, there's also, hey, uh, Chris, Mike's calling me right now <laughs> on my other phone. Um, Mike. The, the guy that you sent to me. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll call him back. You should be like, hello, you should be on yeah. the Yeah, I'll, I'll call him back. Mike, if you're watching, if you're watching, chime in. Um, but, um, but pretty much everything on social media. And then my race team also has a page. Uh, it's LTD racing, uh, team. There's an LTD racing and then there's an LTD racing team. Mine is LTD, LTD racing team. Obviously LTD stands for legacy track days. Um, and, uh, that, so that's on all the socials. So Facebook, Instagram, I've got a Twitter page. I've got a YouTube page. Um, I don't do a ton on the YouTube page. I upload riding videos and I use them as reference points when I'm doing classes and stuff like that. Um, uh, but the best way is, is on social media, my, my, and Google. Um, and, and you can message me straight through Google, uh, my Google profile, um, uh, for legacy track days. Uh, I get tons of people that, you know, ask me about licensing for street and I, and I just turn them over if they're willing to go across the state, I turn them over to Chris to, to, to turn him, turn them over. Cause I don't have any MSF contacts over here. And to be fair, uh, like I don't, I don't dislike the MSF. I think the MSF has a lot of uh, potential. Um, I think they need to evolve with the times. Um, they're, they're handing out a lot of old information. Talk about some stuff there too. Cause I got some producers. Yeah. I think, I think that. the MSF needs to evolve. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of the people that I know, uh, that are writers. And I mean, I, you know, I'm friends with some 5,000 people on Facebook and, and then 10 or 15,000 people that follow me between all my social sites. Um, and a lot of them are MSF coaches that want to evolve themselves to be better coaches, but that also want opportunities to actually coach um, because you're really, <clears throat> you're really stuck in a rut with how MSF wants you to do things. Um, and I don't necessarily so, agree with all of their stuff, yeah, but let you me, know, let me, let me talk on that too, because you know, the, the MSF curriculum, the schools, they're, uh, very specifically curriculum based, right? So they have very specific core processes that they have to fight. Did we just lose Chris? No. Oh yeah. I think we did. Yeah. He's gone. Good thing that the, well, we're still here. Well, hello. So anyway, yeah, I guess like to touch on that, he'll probably be back. So like the MSF side, you know, though, and you and I have talked about this too. Those coaches are are limited on like what they can do and what they can talk about because <laughs> they have to follow the the book, you know, and and that's one of the reasons why I started my school to begin with is that I'm not governed by anybody. Right. And I say not anybody. It's no body, no governing body. Nobody can tell me how I have to coach people. So it gives me the ability to assess, teach and coach somebody based on where they're at and not read a script in a book and say, do this, do this, do that. It's like, no, here's, here's where you're at. Let me teach you where you are fix your bad habits, fix all the stuff that you've been doing wrong for you know, maybe it's two years, maybe it's 20 years. You know how many people I meet that have been riding for 20 years and like, man, I didn't even know this. And I'm like, well, 
It's because you started out with MSF and then you met some street riders and that's what you've learned, right? But the the MSF side, so I want to talk on this because it's really important, right? So I've been in uh, conversations with USF um, in uh, Cutter, which is the Center for Urban Transportation and Research and Development, right? They're the ones that work with, uh, you know, FDOT and all these different organizations. And I approached them and said, hey, I want to work with you guys. Like, how can I work with you? Because you guys are in the forefront of motorcycle training and motorcycle safety and awareness and programs and all this kind of stuff. So it's been six months now, and I finally got to the next stage where I'm actually going to be interviewing next week with USF to potentially start working directly with them and Cutter. And if I can start working directly with Cutter, it'll give me the opportunity to kind of do some expert consulting and learn kind of what's going on with these organizations, right? Like MSFs and FDOTs and uh, the Florida Highway Safety, whatever it is, like gives me the opportunity to start having real conversation because um, they're very curious about working with other people, you know, and they know that their instructors need some further developments and they know that the programs need some further developments. And so, you know, I've had so much success with what I'm doing. And I mean, I can't make it up. Go and look at the reviews, right? Listen to the people that come to my school. Look at the people that keep coming back, right? Like there's a reason why that's happening. It's no force. It's people show up. They have a good time. They learn a lot. I'm coming back, you know? And so that track record is starting to show. And so these bigger organizations are starting to get an interest of, okay, what is going on here? Like, how, why is this working out so well? I look at it as this, right? So Total Control, Lee Parks, I have his book. You know, I read it. I've been following him for a long time. He's over in California. That dude did so good that he superseded MSF in California. And now Total Control is the curriculum that they teach in Funny story, MSF's headquarters is in California. And Lee Parks was just like, bye, I'm doing better <laughs> stuff, right? Like that's how that's how powerful doing things the right way can be. Lee Parks took over, not took it completely over, but he took over a large portion of the, the motorcycle training side from MSF. They're headquartered in California. He's starting to move into other states, you know, with the things that myself and CJ and everybody else are trying to do. And there's a lot of people behind the scenes that, you know, are not in this conversation right now that feel the same way. It's like we keep doing the right thing and we can start making some impact. You know, we plug into the right people, which is what we're doing right now. We're, 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 we're USMCA, AMA. Um, I'm working on USF and Cutter and trying to get FDOT to pay attention to what we're doing. CJ's got his hands out in all different places. We're just trying to get people to watch what we're doing because it's a fundamental process. This is nothing crazy, nothing technical. You know, like I was asked one day in a meeting, they're like, well, are you trying to teach people how to go faster? No, I'm trying to teach people how to learn how to ride the right way is learning how to ride the right way is the result of that learning how to go faster. Yeah. Because you have the confidence, the skill set, and the know-how. 
but that doesn't mean that you're going to be the fastest guy on the street. It just means that now you're safer, gives you the ability and the confidence to do these things, right? But let me interject real quick. Too. Let me interject. He's doing this on the street. Yeah, go ahead. So in, in conjunction with what you're saying, uh, and this is a conversation that Mark and I have had, Mark Ten and I, um, repeatedly, um, is so for the longest time, uh, the question was, you know, what does your road racing school offer? And I'm like, well, you got to understand that there's a difference. And, and Mark said it as, as clearly and, and the best way that made sense was the difference uh, is with a road racing school. My job isn't to teach you how to ride. You know, obviously, like I'll take you out on track. We'll work on some stuff. And, and, and make sure that you understand the fundamentals. But the road racing school really is about the ethics and the etiquette um, on track and in the paddock. Uh, but the, the, the difference between rider development and a road racing school is the reason why we do rider development is because that's where we teach you the proper way to deal with your, your equipment. And, and it's got to start at the earliest stages of your riding, whether it be you're new to the track, you're new to the street, whatever it is, because one of the biggest arguments that I hear is, you know, like Chris was saying, Oh, I've been riding the street for 20 years. Okay. Well, you've got 20 years of bad habits that I now have to break because you came to the table with this mentality that because you've been riding for 20 years, you know what you need to know, but you don't. And I mean, that was a perfect example of my first track day. I was a great street rider. I was a horrible track rider. And I figured that out on my first day. And it, it, it cemented the, the concept in my head that just because I'm really good on the street does not make me really good in any other scenario. So Riders need to learn and understand, and that's what Chris and I and Mark and all of these other exceptional schools and coaches are trying to do, is we're trying to break you of the bad habits so that we can actually teach you. It's, you know, it's no big know, deal. He just said something really important too, right? Like I was that street guy, and I was a really good street dude. And then these guys I met were like, you need to come to the track. This was 2010 and i went and rode the track and i learned from them and i did a handful of track days back in those days and then i took a long period of time off and then i started doing this a few years ago and then i went back to jennings the the skill set that i acquired after all of this training and all of these things that i've done up until this point when i went back to jennings i was a totally different rider and Mark 10 was there with me sitting in my in my paddock talking with me. And I was like, dude, this is not this is totally new. Like, I feel like a brand new rider. And I was on a bike with electronic. I was on my RS660, had electronics, had all this, had all these things. And I'm running in advance. And I'm like, dude, I can't do this. And he's like, yeah, you can. And I was like, no, I fucking can't. I got in my own head. Right. And he's like, dude, stop. You know how to fucking do this shit. And I was like, no, I fucking don't. I ended up becoming that student where I was like, I started fighting back because too many variables are different. The writing skill set that I had learned was not the same. So I felt completely like naked almost. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
it was a totally different experience from start to finish where I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing out here. And Mark's like, yeah, you do just go out there and do what you know. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm no, I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like I got into my ride own, your own ride. Yeah. I got into my own, own head ride. though because it was, it was such a different experience from the first time that I went out there. Somebody had me my second track day ever. I moved up to intermediate. I don't know what organization this was. This is back in like 2012. I ran my first mock race. I have pictures of it. I look at my body positioning back then and I'm like, what the fuck was I doing running a mock race? Like that was stupid. I was, I ran good time, but it was horrific. How I didn't crash. I don't know. Right. When I look back, it's like, that was luck, right? It was luck. Cause nobody taught me how to do anything correct. They were just like, here's this go send it. And I'm like, all right, now it's a totally different mentality. It's a totally different application. The way that I do things it's new. So when I go out, when I went out to Jennings again, after learning all of these new things and these new fundamentals and the right way to do stuff, it was like starting all over again. And it totally mind fucked me because I was like, oh yeah, I know what I'm doing. No, I fucking don't. What am I doing out here? This is a bad idea, right? Like it, it totally messed with me. It was so bizarre, but that's what changing your mindset and changing the way that you do things. That's how it impacted me because I realized, holy crap, this is what I knew and now here's where I'm at. It's totally different. But the amount of stability and then you factor in all the electronics and all the other things that my RS660 can do, it was confusing. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm used to a raw bike that I can feel and I can control and the lean angle and the, the uh, what do they call it? The six axis IMU and the lean angle and the braking, all these weird things that the ECU takes care of. It's like, it's, it's weird, you know? You don't understand it. And so when you're applying all the new things you've learned and then you have a bike that's doing things that you're not expecting, it totally screws your head up. You know, it's a it's a really weird thing. And that was my first experience where I actually was like, damn, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Even though I did, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And Mark's like, stop. <laughs> like, stop, dude. I'm like, I'm the student. You're the coach. Help me. I suck. You know what I mean? Like it happened to me and we laugh about it now because that's literally what where it went. Like I ended up becoming the student as a coach and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm scared. <laughs> help. Please help me. Obi-Wan. Help me. Well, and just so that you guys like understand my trust level with Mark, um, Mark has been a part of my track day organization since my very first event. So he has been with me literally since uh, uh, June of 2014 uh, he's been the organization's tire sponsor and uh, the uh, my personal, like when, when I was still racing, you know, Hazra and everything you know, consistently, he was my tire sponsor uh, for Pirelli. Now, obviously going to Moto America, I don't have any choice but to switch to the Dunlops. Um, but, you know, I, I still recognize Mark 10 Motorsports uh, in all of my posts because even if he's not, providing tires he's providing wisdom and the dude just has buckets and buckets of wisdom that he's happy to share with anybody that's willing to listen and that's one of the reasons why he's been a part of my organization since day one and, and what, you know 30, 30 years hopefully of experience? isn't that like something like 30 years of at experience? least something like that i mean the dude's at least. Like knowledgeable at least. beyond about all this stuff 
And, and, you know, when, when people, when people come to him and, you know, they play games cause you know how people are, man, they, 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 they set you up to try and, you know, make you fail. And, and, and Mark just overcomes all that um, because he's always honest to the, to the point where he's going to give you the right information no matter what. And he'll help you as long as you don't screw him over. And he's, he's been there for me through everything, my whole Florida racing, um, my whole track day organization experience from day one, you know, like, uh, that's one of the guys like him and Frank De Laurenta, uh, have been involved with me since almost the beginning. And, and that's, that's one of those things where, you know, that you, you can't buy that kind of, of professionalism. Uh, and you, you can't buy, you know, there's, there's a price that you can put on training, but there's not a price that you can put on people like supporting you and, and doing it for the right reasons. Um, and, there are so many people that have been involved in my organization and in my racing that, I mean, you know, I'm sure you guys see the laundry list of sponsors and supporters I have. And it's funny because Kevin Elliott would give me crap all the time. He's like, we need to add more lines to the, uh, the sponsor sheet because there's not enough for you. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, man. You know, I, like I bring, the, the, the upside for me was I was bringing sponsors that were sponsoring my track day organization. I was bringing them over and carrying them into my racing too, which was great. You know, Scott Diamond was like my first sponsor ever um, and, and has been involved with my program since the very beginning also uh, with Moto D. Um, you know, uh, Woodcraft has been involved for a very long time and everything that Woodcraft brings to the table. Um, I've had a couple of different suit companies but, you know, like I really found my home with Bison. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to have enough nice things to say about Rob and Tasha and Bison Leathers. Um, you know, whoever's watching, I don't know. I can't see anything on my side right now because I'm on, I'm on the phone. But, like, if you're watching and you need a suit, uh, here's two options for you. Number one, go to my racing page. Uh, I'm holding a raffle for... 75 bucks a spot or a chance to win a suit from bison custom um or just go straight to bison and talk to rob and tasha and get a suit made because if you want to have like somebody who genuinely cares about our industry and genuinely cares about our safety and genuinely wants to see these half-assed companies these hack companies that you know like i get 10 messages a day from Mashi Masad bro, bro, it's every so tired of it, dude. It's the it's the well, suit and, manufacturer and the guy that wants to cartoon my image, dude. Yes, yes. But I like day. I text them and I'm like, listen, I'm sponsored. I don't need your stuff. Thanks for the offer. Yeah. I don't need anything. And then they send me 300 pictures of their ripped yeah. off. Copyright infringement, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, you know what? Go away, because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do business with you. Um, I gave you, a, I gave you a nice out, and you're still sending me messages. So now I'm gonna be mean. I'm gonna pull a Kevin Rodeo on them and and just rip into them if they keep going. Um, by the way, Kevin Rodeo is my is my messenger spirit animal. Um, yeah, because I 
some of the stuff that he says is just dude, great. he cracks me up. Kevin's awesome. Dude, I love Kevin. Kevin's dude, so great. to, to uh, touch base back on, dude, Robert and, and Tasha Lackey, you're right. They're the greatest, some of the greatest people I've ever met in my life. Uh, they are, I tell everybody, Bison, all the way. If you need a suit, Bison. If you can't get in touch with them, let me know. I'll I'll call Rob personally on my phone and say, hey, answer the phone. I got it. You know, it's, it's uh, yeah, they are the. The best people yep. when, when it comes to that. Well, you know, and I'm getting ready to talk to him uh, about uh, doing uh, uh, suit rentals uh, for Legacy for this for the uh, uh, rider development and racing school um, because they have a really awesome program and work out something to where we have Bison gear uh, for our rentals because uh, I, I just don't I don't see a better way to keep my riders safe on top of having you know, the USMCA behind me on top of having AMA insurance and sanctioning and, and, you know, so like, ultimately, like I want to bring the best to the table. I want to bring the people that have the best experience. I want to be, bring people that are genuinely in it for the sport. And, you know, the, the reality is, is that there's too many people individually uh, that are in this sport for the, all the wrong reasons. Um, and, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to help people when you try and monetize every single aspect of it. Um, you're, you're, you're making it harder for the new guys to come in and actually learn, you know, like there's no reason why somebody should, should just starting out, go out and buy a $2,000 suit. Like it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It is. And, 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 you know, people like Rob and Tasha, uh, and, 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 and Mark and, and all of the sponsors that I work with, um, they all have this industry's best interest at heart and they're genuinely, genuinely in it to regrow and redevelop the sport and make sure that people are on the best possible equipment. There's so many hack companies. There's so many hack track days. There's so many hack coaches and everybody's so afraid to say it that the problem is is that in that fear, all this bad stuff and bad information is getting out there and, and people are getting hurt and, and people are, are misunderstanding or misrepresenting the product. And the product is real simple, proper education, proper safety, proper gear, but we got to be able to do it at a price that makes sense because it's so hard. It's so hard for new track riders to get into racing without it costing everything. And so it's, you know, it's not like the old days where sponsorships actually paid money. You know, that's the other problem is there's so many sponsorships that don't exist anymore because those sponsorships don't sponsor like they used to. Why am I going to give you money and discounts when I can slap a sticker on a street rider's bike for free after he paid full price for a product and advertise my brand. Why am I going to do that? And that's the fail point in this industry is everybody's out to monetize every aspect of this sport. And you can't go into it with that mindset. And that's why I'm still around almost 10 years later, because yeah, you know what? I don't hold a ton of events. But my events are not about quantity. They're about quality. And I focus on that and I focus on the education and I focus on the safety. And I care more about 
what happens to my riders after they, they graduate my school and they move on and they go to racing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm still in touch with almost every single person that has come through my school because I genuinely care about what happens in their advancement. And if they have a question, if there's something they don't know, if there's something I don't know and I can't answer it, I'm going to find you the answer and I'm going to put you in touch with that person because the reality is I know I don't know everything. I know I don't have all the answers. I think that's what separates, you know, a lot of these uh, schools or just educational formats in general. Like all the people that come to me and they take my class, right. And they show up and they have a good experience. I'm like, listen, when, when this is over, I want to talk to you in like two or three days. I want your brain to unpack what happened and I want to talk to you about it. I want to know about your experience and what you learned. Like, I don't want to know right now. I want to know how you feel in like two or three days from now. And then I want to know when you go ride your bike, how do you feel? And people will reach out and they'll tell me their experience. And like, dude, there's complete change in the way that I ride now. Like it just the basic in four hours, some people will take my class one time and they'll have four hours experience with me. And they're like, dude, this, the muscle memory and all of these little things that you taught me, like I feel it and I see it and I do things different, you know? And I'm like, here's my phone number. Call me. Here's my group, my writer development page, like join it and be on there. I've got people from all over the country that are experienced in all different things. You know, and it's like, if you have a question, jump on the forum and just ask. Somebody will give you a legitimate answer. Don't go on the internet and Google some forum. I've got some people that actually know what they're talking about, you know? And I, and I did that on purpose and it's slowly starting to show like, this isn't a paywall experience where you come and take it. And you never hear from me again. Like I want to build community. Yeah, there's too much, there's too much pump and dump in our, in yeah. our industry. Yeah. And I, I want to build community. Right. And like, if you show up and you, and you go and you buy a bike and you show up and I'm teaching the class, come sit in it. If, if I have time, I'm going to work with you. So many people will just like donate like 50 bucks sometimes because I help them tweak whatever it is, or they'll throw me a hundred bucks just because they're like, dude, this was cool. I don't expect it. Some people are like, please. And I'm like, no. And I'm like, all right, if, if you're going to insist, I'm not going to say no to that. Right. But that's that's what it's turning into. Right. I'm trying to build the community up. And not only is that building up the the training community of just people coming out and riding on a a Thursday or a weekend, but it's starting to feed and fuel South Florida Mini GP. And I've also got people now that are like, well, I want to go do the bigger track day stuff. And that's why I keep saying like CJ's someone who I've been talking to for a while about this, but my riders are finally coming up to that point where they're like, all right, I want to go to this level now, you know, and there's some other things. I and want that's to bring why up. I'm working on this new rider development. Yeah. And you know, I don't know how much time we got left, Chris. I mean, dude, I mean, we're, we're an hour and 46 minutes yeah. into this podcast. So yeah, I was going to say, uh, I, I'm actually, I'm actually going to have things I want to say too. So no, yeah. Well, you, you can stay. I, I got to fly because uh, yeah. I'm on an eating schedule. Uh, cause obviously I've got, I've got weight to lose, you know, every seven pounds. Go, is a go eat your salad so. and drink your water. I, hey, it's, it, there's chicken and spinach. All right. Leave me alone. Um, but listen, I, I, I love this. This was a good time. Uh, Simcoe, dude, you, 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 you rock, you're mega. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm gonna throw your own word at you. 
uh, and uh, uh, Glandon will talk probably five times before the weekend. Um, but hey, listen, I appreciate y'all, you know, inviting me into the chat. Um, it was a good time, a lot of good information, and I really hope anybody that's watching right now like takes a lot from this because this is this is not only how we grow our programs, but it's how we regrow the community. Yeah. And we regrow well, it's the, also the future, the future of like what's going on too, right? Like Absolutely. we're finding Absolutely. people, we're going to find those gems that are good. And software me, GP is going to find those gems. Like I'm finding people that are fantastic writers that just come out of nowhere. And you're like, what the fuck? Yep. You guys just got it. No, I, I love Michael and his family and, you know, and those guys, those guys produce some really awesome talent. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're going to keep hunting them down. Scott, we're going to keep finding Scott them. Stump, you know? Scott Stump up at New Jersey. You know, Michael here in Florida. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the 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 mini GP programs, you know, are just such an amazing tool. And now with your program and, you know, you combine that with my program, we actually have a product that's going to actually not just save people's lives, but make them better riders. And I really appreciate you guys allowing me to, to, to come on here and burn up you know, an hour and 15 minutes of your time. Uh, yeah. Yapping my jaw. Listen, CJ, the honor's all mine, dude. It really is. And I appreciate you. No, I appreciate you also, man. And thank you for all the support that both of you guys have given me and my organization. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to seeing y'all comment on my Moto America, uh, uh efforts, uh, you know, Absolutely. super hooligans. I, I make no I make no uh, uh, claims that I'm going to be something I'm not, and uh, I know who's I know who's at the sharp end of the spear. But I'm going to go out there. I'm going to give them all. I'm going to do my best. Uh, and you know I really appreciate and uh, you know any any support you guys can steer my way. Um, like I said, we do have a raffle going on uh, uh, on my pages. You'll see that it is a waffle because on social media you got to be real careful uh, what you say and how you say it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're, we've got that waffle and we're trying to sell as many spots as we can, not only to help somebody get a suit, but also to help me drive around this country. And you because know, I only have one event in Florida and then it's uh, uh, the Ridge, Laguna, uh, Mid-Ohio and Coda. Uh, that's a lot of driving and flying. So, you know, anybody that's willing to contribute, you know, just PM me, reach out to me, reach out to my uh, race page, my track day page, whatever. Um you know, any help, we'll take any of it. And I also, hey, I also have shirts. Uh, we got Bison Team Crew shirts that came in. Uh, I'll, I'll, you, Chris, you have all the, the stuff. Um, okay. So, you know, like anybody that wants to pick up a, a crew shirt, PM me and we'll make the arrangements. I'm getting ready to send out the first batch of pre-orders uh, here in the next couple of days. So, you know, if you guys want to get a crew shirt, that uh, all the money from that just goes to help support the program. Uh, I don't pocket any of it. So thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate you. Proper mega. I appreciate you too, my friend. Can't wait to have you back on again. And just like that, he's out. See you. Good stuff, man. Yeah, dude. CJ is awesome. And listen, dude, what you guys are doing is magnificent. It, it really is. It's, it's exactly like what Miguel just said. The future starts with what you guys are doing. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing absolutely amazing and then mike mike actually says uh 
taking Chris Gladson's class was amazing experience. Sorry if I murdered your your, your last you name again. You Sorry. Listen, I'm going to stop saying that. I'll never say it again. Taking Chris's class was amazing experience <laughs> <laughs> in the fundamentals. <laughs> oh, this is uh, good stuff. It says, I love being one of his students. Yeah, it's, it's – uh, uh, Dude, I've been coaching John. Well, so John and I have been riding together for like, I don't know. We started riding like 12, maybe 15 years ago on the street. And he took a long time off. I took a long time off. And then I started doing this. And he just showed up to, he literally showed up to like this, probably my first or second, like legit class I put together with like six people. And he just like showed up and hung out and was like, dude, I learned so much. And I'm like, good, because I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, I just like started to try to figure out like how to communicate all this stuff. So I was a nervous wreck. I mean, I knew I knew what to do, right? Don't get me wrong, but it was like, is this really going to work or not? Concept, right. and right. you know, he was like, "Dude, I, I learned a hell of a lot," and so did everybody else. And I'm like, "Damn, I guess I can do this." You know, when you're first starting out, you don't even believe what you're going to do is going to actually like be receptive. Can you yeah. communicate, articulate, explain, uh, dude? <clears throat> you never know, right? You don't. But it did, and he's been there since the beginning. And he's been coming ever since, and he's showing the result now too, right? So it's been really cool to work with people for such a long time and uh, people just be around through this whole process and see where I started and and where I'm at now and, like, the growth. Like, he's been there since the beginning, like, with a few other people. And then Mike Munson, he just came to me recently and, like, just had an amazing experience. And he's been through – uh, he did, I think, uh, in two track day, he made it on Yamaha Street or um, Champ Street or whatever, I think, maybe. But it's cool to work with all these different people from different experiences, you know, from brand new dude that's been riding for a month to the God, one of those girls was has been riding for like 40, 50 years. And it's like, I can't believe how much I learned in four hours. And I'm like, that's awesome to me. To hear someone that's been riding that long and be like, man, I didn't know this, you know? So some of the stuff I want to point on, like, cause I know it's been running forever and people are probably bored and there's still, uh, nine people, 13 what? watching, there's 13 people watching. Yeah. Wow. Oh crap. All right. Um, so there's some really cool things in the works right now. So the pro rider side of this, which was the police training, um, it's taken me a year to find a parking lot to use that's within my territory because I have the greater Tampa Bay area. And, dude, everybody from everywhere has told me no. Like, I've gone everywhere. I've called everybody. I've talked about it online, emotionally. People have given me references. And I'm like, talk to them, talk to them, talk to them. So, um, I finally found somebody in right at the Pasco Pinellas County border, right? Which is in uh, the greater Tampa area, right off of us 19. So anybody in Tampa listening will probably know where this is Tarpon Springs, just past Tarpon Avenue. There's a huge parking lot on the right-hand side. Um, I'm going to be working with <clears throat> that guy who has writer's choice and we're going to kind of try to work stuff out where I can bring some advanced rider development and the MSF licensing side. So if anybody knows someone that wants to get licensed, I now have an app, an outlet for that. And he's a good coach. 
He's been doing it for 15 years in the same spot. Um, we're going to clean up the lot. The lot cleanup is going to start next week. So I got a ton of work to do there um, with cleaning up and prepping everything, um, getting all the gravel and dirt and sand up. And we're going to start doing that. And then I have a potential office space right across the street uh, where I could put the motorcycle simulator and actually run the business with an office space right across from the parking lot. So the goal is to put the simulator in there, start doing body positioning classes there, and then have the lot to start doing the police training, the sport bike training, and the mini bike training. Because I'll be able to, this is like 175,000 square foot, like, surface area. Yeah. It's huge. So I can set this up to do all the course drills, the cone drills, everything from the sport bikes to the cruisers to the mini bikes. Uh, you name it, right? So not only do I have this coming down the pipe, but I've also got the track side uh, that I've been doing all the fundamental stuff, right? So things are just slowly turning into, I mean, dude, like I, th- I thought 2024 was going to be like, you know, let's make it a big year. But dude, stuff is just like rolling in so quick. The USF position where I'm going to be able to start working with those guys is coming down now. Finally, I've been working on that for six months. The parking lot, I've spent six months navigating. is finally starting to happen. And then, you know, I've got my nonprofit too, by the way, which I'm not sure if you know about, but I started a nonprofit called Save a Writer. Right. Yeah. My nonprofit is solely focused on uh, motorcycle awareness, but for the rider, not for the, I mean, we can do the driver awareness side of it too, but it's for the rider, but an emphasis on rider development. Right. And like one of the things I want to do is raise money so I can offer free training. And I want to also build training facilities and, you know, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed, but USMCA turned me on to our opportunity with Yamaha and we might be able to get a, a, a track built that will be piggybacking another track that we know of, and it will be for e-bikes and potentially the super motard. So we can integrate this gigantic track, have dirt, asphalt, super motard, e-bike, everything, two wheels in one place, you know, and the nonprofit is giving the opportunities for this. So not only am I trying to like raise money for building training locations, but I'm also trying to raise money with this nonprofit to um, allow me to host free training programs where people can apply and come and train with us and hire some people to come with expert knowledge and just teaching people how to ride in a group, you know, like there, there's so much opportunity for this and nobody's done anything like that. The nonprofit got approved so fast when I submitted it at the federal level. Normally that takes months and it was like three weeks. They were like, you're approved. I was like, damn. So like, there's just so many things that are like slowly starting to align and like the nonprofit helped me align with the Yamaha opportunity. You know, the pro rider school helped me align with a bunch of people. The mini bike thing allowed me to align with Michael Korea and CJ. Like there's just all these, it's all networking, right? And like finding the right people that follow the same goals and want to do the same thing. And that's literally what this has turned into. And even some of my students, like some of my students are just coming out of nowhere. Like, dude, this, this is freaking phenomenal. Not only did I learn a lot, but I want to help. You know what I'm saying? Like it's blown, I'm blown away by 
the support of this the motorcycle community right like i never thought i was going to get support like this from people and it's just like every time i turn around somebody's like yo i want to help out or hey here's this or here's that i'm like oh my god dude it's incredible chris i can't even like stress how how humbled and grateful i am for like everybody that has fully supported me for the last year dude like i had no idea it was going to turn into what it's turned into that's listen i feel the same exact way with this podcast i never would have dreamed it's same same boat man it's uh yeah it's it's just insane and you're right 2024 is going to be uh proper mega for uh for everybody you know and and for our sport we just we just need to keep doing what we're doing help each other out and together we'll help the sport grow and one yeah, person at a time man one person at what, what, really what yeah it is. absolutely dude and, and if that comes true too for tracing man with the That'd be the best Disney World ever, wouldn't it? You got flat track, you got supermoto, you got road racing. I mean, that would be dirt. I mean, listen, man, if that gets pulled off, like, we'll know by the end of first quarter if there's going to be an interest. I I mean, I don't see why not, right? But if this one gets pulled off and this can become, like, the new hub, like, I'll put it to you this way. The company that I had put the preliminary overview together built some tracks in some other states that Red Bull hosts sponsored events at, right? And it's like pump track level, like bikes and skateboards and all that. We're taking that concept and scaling it. And, you know, if we can get them to really understand what this concept is and have it scaled out and plug it into another track where, it can be utilized specifically for e-bikes, super motard, but also bicycle, skateboards, <clears throat> wheelchair, like you name it, right? It has the cons, it has the ability to do all that, but <clears throat> the main focus is the the training side of the two things I want, but it has scalable opportunity. You know, like if this works out one time, man, that means we can replicate this. You know, and not only like with one company, but other companies that might want to step up and say, all right, let's start building training facilities. Because honestly, man, we need that. There is nothing, dude. I fought for a year trying to find a parking lot to use. How stupid is that? I've called so many MSF schools and saying, hey, you already do this. I'm fully insured. Can I work with you? We work with Harley Davidson dealerships all over the country. You know, there's 90, I think there's like 90 or 95 pro riders in the United States, right? I just happen to have the Tampa version of it. But like, there's like 90 something schools in the United States and they're all doing really good. They work with Harley Davidson dealerships and all that, teaching the advanced police uh, civilian version of this. I've called every Harley Davidson dealership that I could find. They all are not interested. Burt's, Burt's Barracuda. I went and did events with them, not interested in doing advanced training. Isn't that weird? I'll call all of them out because it pisses me off that I've called everybody and none of them want to work with me. Oh, they got somebody trained. Where's your classes at? Why aren't you offering them? I get phone calls all the time. Nobody's offering these classes. I can't find a damn parking lot to use. You know, I fought tooth and nail for it. And I finally got somebody who wants to work with me. You know what I'm saying? But why would why would that take a year of of hustle to to get one guy that finally says, okay, that's got a parking lot that wants to try and help better people's riding abilities? 
You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's a very strange problem that is unexplainable and it, it frustrated the living shit out of me, dude. But you know what? It's finally here. It's finally working. And I hope that this relationship can develop into something awesome and we can scale it because if we can do it in one and we can bring the right people in, we can do it in more. And if the nonprofit can, can raise some money and we can just build a facility and nobody has to worry about getting sued and all the other bullshit they're worried about, dude, that's what I want. You know, I want save a writer, the nonprofit 501 C three that I've got to become a hub, to raise money, to do this kind of stuff, training, building training facilities, that kind of thing. Pro writer is just going to be training at the track and training on the, on the, on, in the parking lots, you know, moto trainer, teaching people the basics. Like, dude, all this stuff is so, so easy to do, but nobody wants to support it. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, Pat Sheridan said it's probably, and he's right. Attor attorneys and insurance, you know, insurance is a, it, 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 it's a big thing, but yeah, dude, you're right, man. If you bought land and you built it yourself, you're good. Right. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, listen, you can get sued doing anything, right? What, buddy? It's 9.03. You've been on for like three hours. I've been, I, I've been on for two. We're you, doing it in, in, in a few minutes, okay? <laughs> All right, everybody, we're ending now. <laughs> he said, okay. Oh, buddy, man, he said it's time to go. Yeah. It's time to go. Uh, buddy, I'll, I'll be off here in a few minutes. That's yeah. <laughs> All right, bud. Let, let me finish up, and I'll, I'll be in there. Yeah, I love you. I'm going to stay here. Okay, you can stay here. That's fine. Pull up a seat. Go grab you a chair. Anyway. Uh, that was hilarious. Yeah, dude. It's it's good stuff, man. Good stuff, man. It, uh, we actually had Joe said, uh, um, hey, Mark, they already stopped talking about you. <laughs> the laughing emoji. That's good stuff. I was hoping. I was excited because I thought he was going to hop on. Yeah, me too. But you know I what? Think, Next time. We'll definitely yeah, get them on. Mark 10. Yep. We'll, we'll get, get you on. on. Show, buddy. We will. And you know what? If you're uncomfortable doing it live, we'll, we'll pre-record it and I'll put it out on Spotify and all that good stuff. So yeah, yeah be good stuff. Be good. Well, yeah, listen, dude, we've been going at this for over two hours. This is, this is my longest podcast, Chris. This is and awesome. There's still, it looks like there's dude, 10 people on it. Still, there, There's too, actually like, 14 people, 14 people that never yes. keeps dropping, but still, man, it's awesome, dude. Hey guys, listen, thank you for everybody who stayed in and listened to this uh, ramble. But I, most of you, if you know me or the ones that have taken my course, I appreciate you guys all because I wouldn't be here without the help from everybody paying attention to what I'm doing. And I got to give a shout out to Chris Simcoe for bringing me on and, and letting me talk and say what I got to say. And I was very reserved. There's a lot more mean things I want to say to the world, but I can't because I got to be respectful and politically correct and bureaucratic and all that bullshit. But man. There's some good stuff coming down the pipe, and I'm glad I had a chance to vocalize some of the things and appreciate uh, everybody helping out big yep. time. Yeah, man. Listen, we'll definitely have a part two of this. Me and you, we'll, we'll get back together, and, and maybe CJ will come along too, and Mark. And, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll continue this conversation because it's great. I mean, a lot of people yeah. said that we need to talk about this. Is something that I want to plant one seed. About. Yeah, go ahead. Need to get Ken Hill on this podcast, dude. Let's do it. I already talked to Ken, man. I had, I had get plans. Ken on here, bro. Get Ken Hill on here, dude. I had a great conversation with that guy. Get Ken Hill on here. It'd be cool to have me and Ken and CJ and Mark. If you could get all four of us on the call, 
Go me, Ken Hill, CJ, and Mark Ten on a call, that would be freaking sick because we all are like collectively in the same space and we're all in different places, right? right. In, in the industry, we're all in different little tiny niches of it, but we yep. all talk the same way. That would be a sick call. Yes. Ross, you're cool. You, you could just leave him. My dog, he'll, if I don't touch him, he'll, he'll sit there and continue to bark the whole time. <laughs> So I'm like, dude, will you get him out of here real quick? What? Oh, uh, they see you. So yeah, everybody sees my my goof. Yeah, if plug up the camera. There you go. <laughs> Kids are awesome, man. Awesome, awesome. But yeah, listen, dude. There's still so so much more we gotta talk about. So we'll we'll definitely do a a, a part two of this because I didn't even get to ask you all the personal questions I, I wanted know, to ask you. I know, right? Man, I didn't it's get just a chance been nonstop to. talking, bro. But it's listen, okay. It's good. Let's make it happen because you know what? The next time that you talk to me. All all the shit's gonna be in place. I know. I know. There'll be a lot more to talk about. Well, yes, absolutely. I mean, I do more to talk about. I do, and it was an honor to have you on, man. I really appreciate this. This is good, good times, man. We had Eli had me crying, laughing with those comments earlier. Oh, dude, bro, dude, I was dying, man. It was, uh, (laughs) yeah. He's he is proper. I couldn't even see who it was until I had. I had to go. I had to go add all your all the pages. Just to figure out who made that comment. So, like, anytime I want to comment, it's like I gotta go to Facebook, I gotta go to your Chris's page, I gotta go to podcast page, YouTube, just to figure out who said what about whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, 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 I think next time, man, instead of going to Chris Simcoe's live, I might just try pin the gases live and and see if that's easier for everybody. Um, and instead of having two, um. I just wanted to give everybody options, but let, yeah, let them tune in where they want to tune in, man. Cause it, yeah. it brings more, it drives more people. I mean, shoot, you still, you said there was this many people attached to it. May as well just, yeah. Hey, yeah. Better. I mean, we, we still got 16 people watching right now and listen it's everybody. Crazy, man. Look, 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 everybody. This is Cruz. Say hi. What's Cruz. up Cruz? You want to tell everybody hi? Oh, okay. Are right. you, you had your chance. But there he goes, right? So yeah, hope. Okay. Pat Sheridan says you better reserve three hours for Mark. Yeah, he's yeah. not lying, dude. No, that, and it's when good. my phone yeah. rings, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna be busy for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just the kind of guy he is, man. Like that's how yeah. deep the conversation rolls. If you could put a mic on that dude, man, forget about it, right? Bro, it, the the knowledge that comes out of that guy, like I always tell him, I'm like, we need to get this shit recorded because sometimes it's just so good. We're never going to get that conversation back. <laughs> right. Nah, I know. I know. It's good stuff, man. And look, C- CJ says, kids, I have six. Bro, you're a busy man with six he's got, kids. He's got six followers on his live feed is what oh, he means. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I thought you meant you got six kids. I was like, bro, you're even busier than I thought. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Somebody likes my beard. Who was that? sexy oh dude. rick glover oh, rick glover I know. Yeah, oh you like that stop. you like how it kind of goes to a point it does i'm i just keep telling mike korea i'm like dude you got your first gray hair the other day right here i messaged him i was like i see your gray hair coming out on your face <laughs> yeah. I see it that's awesome dude no yeah. cj did say he has six kids oh he has six kids yeah for real? i have six kids yeah oh damn i thought he was talking about the people looking at us yeah oh, uh, i did I, not know yeah. that 
That's awesome. But yeah, listen, Chris, dude, this has been a, a lot of fun. Like me personally, I could go on for <laughs> another hour or two at least. I know you got to tell me to shut up, otherwise no, I'll keep talking. No, you're good. I will too. But but my son <laughs> is not gonna let that happen. He's gonna <laughs> be like, dude, come on, man. It's it's time to go. So but yeah, listen, exactly what Chris says, man. I appreciate everybody that always watches and likes, subscribes, and I tell everybody what an honor it is. It really is truly an honor and and cj's right if anybody's ever in, in man bison absolutely hands down uh the best people some of the best people in, in the paddock cruise can i finish thank you i'm gonna sir. have to make that switch eventually because my suit's coming my suit's been crashed so many damn times never going with taichi again that shit was too much money I'm yeah i know i know i'm actually gonna get me a uh i'm, I'm actually gonna get me a, a bison one too myself but i want to give a big shout out to my man martin from the clothing kings they make all my merch so you can go to the clothing kings.co.uk yes it's in the uk uh, but he ships worldwide. You can buy hats, beanies, and all that good stuff. I also want to give a big shout out before I get off here to my buddy Jake Marsh. Watch out, buddy, real quick. Slide to the side. There, there you go. My buddy Jake Marsh right there. Club 45 and BSB. He actually runs, dude, my logo in British Superbike. Dude, you, you kidding me, Mark? Dude, Chris, how crazy is that, right? Bye, uh, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Rossi's like, come on, man, let's go. But yeah, yeah, it's it's uh seventy five dollars. Yes, CJ. Everybody go 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 check out uh CJ Cohen on his his Facebook page too. Seventy five dollars. Waffle get you a bison suit. I'm telling you, th those two are the they're the best. Just go meet them for yourself at any Moto America race. Shoot, they even do a, a lot of uh, track day stuff too. Um, he said, "I got you by one seven here." <laughs> Who said that? Uh, Rick Glover. Oh, Rick. Yeah, Rick's got seven. Man, wow. I've been slacking, dude. We've been slacking, Chris. What? Man, yeah. I, thought that, I thought there was one because I've only seen the one. Right, that little freaking missile that he's training. Cooper that runs around and beats everybody up. Cooper, boy, that man. I thought that was the only one. Uh, apparently not. Apparently he's got six others somewhere else. So Man. we'll have Maybe to get the so scoop on that. Right? That's what it is. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Six girls, one boy, two sets of twins. Wow, Rick, you, uh, Rick, and I got a pro team. <laughs> CJ, That's yes, serious, you and Rick need to please. get together for real. Yeah, for real, man. You That's... guys have a combination team right there. That's get them all trained up correct. That's right. That's right. Let's, but well, yeah, listen. listen. I, I appreciate everybody. I just want to say I appreciate everybody listening. Like I didn't expect this many people to stay tuned for this long. So I know me. Neither. I want to say thank you guys for listening to me ramble, and uh, I appreciate everybody being here. And Chris, thank you so much for having me, man. It was an awesome time, and thanks for letting CJ pop in and dude yeah, bringing man. in Eli Colby. That was awesome too, bro. Yeah, I I, 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 I I love that dude. I do too. I messaged him earlier, and he's like, "Dude, that fuck yeah, I'm in." So I didn't say nothing to you. That's why I just said, "Hey, I might have a special guest co-host pop up in." Man, like, that I, was I that was an you. awesome surprise, man. Thank you for that. Good man. Yeah, man. No problem, man. But yeah, listen. Uh, what I'll do is, as I'll text you tomorrow in the morning, and me and you will will set up another uh part two uh, of this okay. podcast, and uh, yeah, make it happen if CJ wants to join. It, it, shoot, anybody else wants to join. Uh, that's something that I want to start too. Is like when we do go live, I want to have people that actually comment in, just be like, 
if you want to come on here and ask a question live, I could send you the link and just have guests pop in, ask a question live, you know, and then kind of move on to the next one. I think that'd be yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I'm down for that. But yeah, listen, everyone, exactly what Chris just said. It's an honor. It's been an honor for the past two hours and 15 minutes. Uh, tomorrow, this will be out on Spotify, iHeart, you know, all that good stuff, all the social media. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Man, my microphone's so sensitive. If I get too close to it, it, it just cuts off. <laughs> yeah. It says it, you're being too loud. It, right, right. Cruz, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. He keeps stepping on my foot. But, yeah, listen, just stay on, on with me for, for a minute. I'm going to end this okay. video. Uh, thank you guys so much. Please go to Pro Rider Tampa. Hit my man Chris up. ProRiderTampaBay.com. There you, you can go. find me on the website, Pro Rider Tampa on Facebook, Pro Rider Tampa on Instagram. It's Pro Rider Tampa. It's not complicated to say. Think of a pro rider and stick Tampa at the end of it. That's right. that's that easy, but that's yeah, I'm right. all over social media. You guys hit me up if you got questions. Yeah, and I won't attempt to say his last name again because apparently I fucking murder it every it's time Glenn I do. Glenn Dawn. Glenn Dawn. There we go. Glenn Dawn. Like the Dawn. The Dawn. The it's Dawn. The Dawn. Man, Dawn. it's the fucking Dawn. Glenn Dawn. All right, I got you, <laughs> David Gonzalez. Man, I appreciate you, man. Have a great night, fellas. You too, buddy. I appreciate that, man. What an honor. Uh, but, yeah, listen, guys, I'm going to get off here. And uh, me and Chris got, got some other stuff we got to do. But, yeah, we will catch you next time. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. See you guys.